0: okay and we're live we're live here we go all right welcome everyone to the third episode of cigars with marines wow number three again number three if there's three
1: it can't be a fluke (laughs) that's awesome
0: now i'm here with my good friend realtor coach amazing dude and fellow marine Frank Menard. how are you, Frank? I'm doing great, Case. Thanks for asking me to come out. Yeah, man. So, uh, with all further ado, uh, the smoking light is lit. I'll I'll give you the first. Uh, there you go. All right, we go. So this, and, and you know, the tradition we figured out here is that um, you know the superstar of the episode gets to choose the cigar. So you got a, you chose first a Garagiste?
1: Garagiste illusion garagiste
0: a little bit closer
1: there to like illusion garagiste oh there you go i don't think i've ever had one of those before
0: nope we're about to (laughs) so uh we're about to see just how much uh, nicotine is in this puppy uh so yeah man uh i I, I guess earlier in episode i said somebody was an old school marine but you really (laughs) are i mean you were in before chesty well, not quite before, <laughs> Chesty. Tell me about it, though. I think Chesty me
1: had it. me be. Yeah, uh, Casey, I joined the Marine Corps in May of 1974 in something they, uh, they called the Delayed Entry Program. Uh, I spent my last summer of freedom up in Agonkwit, Maine, working in a couple of the hotels, and I actually uh, reported to the Yellow Footprints October 1st of 1974.
0: 1974? I was uh, a glimmer in my mother's eye at that point. <laughs> you Sure. All that silence is us just narrowing down on these Gira I actually like
1: that name now. Yeah. It's uh, kind of getting them fired up a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you need, uh, need that again? No, yeah. you're good. Mm. You're good. I think I'm good too. I think uh, <coughs> episode two, I lit my cigar for about two minutes straight. <laughs> Surprised no one called me out on that yet mm. on, yeah. on YouTube, but it's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, okay. So, Yellow Footprints 1974. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Give me, uh, was it the same kind of thing that happens to us all?
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I think uh, no matter what generation of Marines that I've had the opportunity to speak to, we all have a similar story to arriving at Paris Island. You know, you'd never get there during the daytime. It's always in the dark of night. You load up a bus. What is
0: that? We always do get there. I don't
1: think they want you to know how to get
0: out. I think it's true. I didn't know how to get out of the island. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's on purpose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is on purpose. And you go across this bridge to the swamps of South Carolina. And then uh, in my day, you, uh, you arrived in front of an old wooden white building okay. when you were introduced to uh, the first drill instructors that you would be introduced to. And they were very nice. Oh, yeah, they're, they're very, very nice. nice. They were kind? Yeah, very well, they were, they were kind until they started speaking. Okay. And uh, I still remember that day, actually. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, his <laughs> name is Joe Grew. And uh, Joe and I were sitting in the front seat as the bus was coming up. And we'd watched enough movies at the recruiting station of what boot camp was like. You know, so we kind of knew that uh, when that door opens, you better be ready to haul ass and get off the bus. So Joe and I decided that uh, we were going to be the first ones. We're in the front seat, that bus stopped, the door opened, we jumped up. And before you knew it, I had two hands slamming us back down into our seats, asking us, who the F told you to move? Oh, and they finished that word, by the way. No one told you to move. Nobody told us to move. So why did we move? So the games have started. The games had begun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Man, okay. Well, that's
0: um, mine was similar. You know, um, you I know, mean, was it was always like a rickety bus too. It was never like a legit bus. Was it white? I don't know. I, yeah, I <laughs> I was I, it was a white bus.
1: <laughs> white bus. Yeah, a white bus. Surprised so, they didn't paint it. So. <clears throat> they probably did.
0: You know, crazy color. Okay, so you get in there. You know, did you already have an MOS when you went in and stuff? Yeah,
1: I actually, uh, I enlisted uh, under a guaranteed radio communications. I believe the story that my recruiter told me was that, uh, I told him I wanted to be a DJ. So he assigned me to uh, radio communications. Uh, Little did I know that that had nothing to do with being a disc jockey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to be a radio DJ. So he said, well, you know, this is a comm. This works. By the way, we all know, as soon as we heard that, we're like, you got guaranteed calm. You got you got guaranteed to get beat on by everyone. <laughs> it was like
1: Menard. Why is there calm down? Again? That's right, right. Why is the calm down? <laughs> Reality was I was an infantry, infantry man with an extra fifty pounds on my back. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you knew what the radios were like then, nothing like the radios they have today. They have radios that fit in your pockets. Were they like uh, Morse telegraphs? Uh, no, I think it was a I think it was a hammer and a chisel. No, it was. A PR twenty five, PRC twenty five. We called my prick twenty five, or prick seventy seven, which is your crypto version of it. And had uh, crypto
0: back then. Oh yeah, yeah, we had crypto back then. Had a
1: little key punch. We used to have to update it every day. And. Yeah, with, uh, that was always interesting. Okay. Uh, and they had two styles of antenna. Uh, one was a uh, a three-foot tape antenna, which was kind of cool for short distances. That's the, that's the bendy one, right? Right. That's yeah, the yeah. bendy one, almost like a piece of uh, – So it's, not, it's Almost like a measuring tape. Yeah, it's like, I'm here, shoot yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, the 10-foot whip was much better than that because that's the other antenna, which gives you a much longer distance. Right. And uh, word has it that, of course, I never went to Vietnam. I joined right – just as that was ending. Okay. Uh, but the word was that uh, they didn't use too many 10-foot whips in Vietnam because it kind of highlighted where they were. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm right here. Yeah, exactly.
1: Jeez. Okay,
0: so right after Vietnam, what
1: was that like joining? And
0: you enlisted, right? So this I, yeah. wasn't like you got pulled over with a car full of weed and it was like prison <laughs> or Marine Corps. No, no. It was like, you were like, man, I want to do this.
1: Yeah. Had your parents been in? Like, what made you do that? No, my, my, uh, my dad served in the Navy back in Korea. Mine too? Uh, But, uh, no, you know, it's interesting because I had no intention of going in the military. And then uh, I guess it was May of my senior year of high school, uh, everybody thought, including myself, that I was going to go on to college and and pursue radio communications of some type. And uh, May of my senior year, I went down to the recruiting station. And uh, I'd love to sit here and tell you I ran down to be a Marine. Uh, but I didn't, okay. I, I walked into the recruiting station and, uh, the army office was the first door that I passed. Okay. And, uh, those guys, uh, were all just hooting and hollering and having a good old time. Didn't even notice I was there. So I just continued to walk. Uh, uh, the air force office was there and I just never pictured myself as, uh, as being in the air force. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, that wasn't where I was going to go. The Navy office was next and they were out to lunch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no joke. And I looked at the, the final office was the Marine Corps. And I actually uh, said, no, that's not going to happen. Right. And I turned around and walked away. It was just down the street from where we are, where we're recording right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I heard a little creak in the floor behind me. And I turned around to see what it was. And it was a, a Marine. He had his eyeballs on me. And he said, uh, can I help you? And I said, ah, crap. I came down and talked to everybody else. Might as well talk to you, too. Uh, those are the last words I said as a civilian because I was then going into the Marine Corps.
0: Famous last words. Yeah.
1: yeah. And by the way, uh, that gentleman's name was Hank Kawa. And uh, hopefully I'll get this link to, to Hank because he's still alive. He lives in Tennessee. And we're, we're still friends, actually. Oh, no so, Okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah. even
0: though he tricked you into being a calm <laughs> bubba,
1: um, you, you don't hold it against him. I don't hold him against
0: you're, him. You're, I mean, you were in for so, so many years that. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's his name? You said uh, Hank, Hank. Hank.
1: Shout Hank, out Hank. What's up? Hank Kawa. What's going on, Hank? Yeah he uh good dude and um uh, we we've got a lot of great stories to tell uh but I'd like to say that uh he had a major impact on my life cuz uh there were a lot of things that I learned and did as a marine that have uh, kind of set me up for what I do today so it's pretty cool
0: yeah yeah so that you know what, the, I mean the joke is always that recruiters and funny but you became one we'll get to that but mm-hmm. uh the joke is always recruiters they're like marketers that, hey you know I for me um I end up being an O three forty one because i thought fireworks were cool yeah and, and but one of the guys in our group wanted to be a a gunner in a helicopter and they and somehow he thought that that was a mortarman. no that's, <laughs> a, that's an m60
1: the isn't it up in the helicopter yeah it's definitely yeah. not a mortar <laughs> so uh
0: we all kind of end up in these places but okay right. so um so you, you get in you know um do you even remember boot camp anything stick out for you because yeah I
1: actually that. i do remember quite a bit okay. I, mean, I had uh, i had three drill instructors uniquely shorter than I am so you can't tell because I'm sitting down but I'm only five foot four and a half now right I claimed that I was five six when I was in the Marines and um uh, they were gear (laughs) lazy down staff sergeant Martinez uh, sergeant Cortez uh, were the two that I remember most because they were both shorter than me and when they used to yell at me their campaign hats actually used to hit me right in the throat (laughs) Wow, so they're that—that's they, that's they short, were man. short. They were short. Like Napoleon short. And uh, but I remember them. I especially remember Martinez, uh, because he, he he had a personality, you know. And I remember one day we were out on a, a three-mile run, and you know as usual they're harassing us and they're yelling at us and okay, all that yeah, other yeah. stuff, and I just kind of glanced over to my left and eyeball caught eyeball, and of course you're not supposed to eyeball your drill instructors. <laughs> You know, so he he uh Martinez uh proceeded to uh, give me a a verbal lashing, and at the same time gave me a wink and a smile. You know, we were kind of late in our training, and it was kind of like you know you're almost there, dude. You know, just hang in there. Exactly. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, they they are human, by the way. They they are they are. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: but you know, I think to the credit. I mean, I I hear stories about popcorn and movies, but that was not my platoon. No, I mean, but I liked about my guys, and it sounds like yours too it never really broke character. I mean, a wink is one thing, but um, like the senior was the only one that gave a percentile of caring about you. And then there's the drill hat. There's the kill hat. I don't know if you had those three different kinds of roles, but um, I remember our, our kill hat. I don't remember his name. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember names.
1: Well, I was going to ask you if you remembered your drill instructors'
0: names. Uh, I do remember the senior because we had to ask him to go to the bathroom. Okay. Did you have to ask him to, go to the bathroom always. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gunnery Sergeant Gomel. Go- yeah, and it usually costs you some extra physical
1: training yeah, as like, you came out of the bathroom, you're like
0: rapping on it. <laughs> I, I remember that, that was that was, the, that was the trauma of the first day, couple of days. Is like getting the order of, sir, good morning, sir. You know, recruit Cheshire, request permission to use the head, sir. You know, yeah. but like asking then saying their name and getting their rank wrong. And then they're like, no. And then no. too bad no. if you had to go to the bathroom because no. like you're going Done. back to the. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember those, those are good times, but they never broke character. Right. So yeah. that, and that's where I think, you know, might as well just other branches, you know, like car timeout cards, if life gets too stressful. There's no timeout card in battle. No. So, I mean, it, it was, but they, they were locked on and the, the kill hat, he hated everyone and he
1: smoked everyone. And, Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you remember you remember them to this day? Yeah. Um, actually, I do, and you know, I was very fortunate. I do remember our senior. Our senior was Staff Sergeant Hignite, hmm. and uh, he used to like, as you said, you know, he was kind of like the dad, right? He was a little bit softer. Actually, gave you a little bit extra time on Sunday night. You could have a school circle. Yeah. And uh, and he would share some stories. And you know, I oh, remember cool. him telling stories. He was a part of a two-man sniper team in Vietnam. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, he was a pretty tough dude. You get some you know. stories with that, yeah, man. Yeah, Always was,
0: respect. I got. You know, maybe this is just part of the thing, but I always respect the Marines that were in before me. And I always assumed that they were in worse shit than I was, which is probably accurate. But um, it, but just that respect, because he you know, tells sniper stories about yeah. Vietnam. Man, I mean, I felt like I had it a little easy in, in Iraq compared to that. I mean, oof.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I'm one of those guys, and here you go. I don't think even you know this, uh, Casey. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, I had 22 years in the Marine Corps. Yep. Uh, I had the luckiest 22 years a Marine could ever have. I'd never been in combat. Really? I've never had a round shot at me. Wow. Other than the uh, rifle range. Other than the rifle range. <laughs> Down in the pits. Right. Uh, right. And, and you know, it's funny. There were a lot of guys that, that get to tell that story. I was just in the, in the gaps. You know, I was in during the first Iraq war and I, and I was in during, uh, you know, uh, desert storm and, and all that stuff. But, I was just in the right place at the right time. So right. not that I didn't want to go, but the Marine Corps reminded me what my job was. Right. And, you know, of course, most of my time in the Corps, I was a recruiter. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, the thing with it, though, is
0: that um, it's almost like training for sports, right? You All this training, you, you want to go out there and, and get some and, and when you fall in between certain periods of battle i you know i see how, how that happens so you just kind of have to how do you do you have to focus your energies on just what your your mission is at work i guess at that
1: point. yeah i think you know the, the truth of the matter is and actually this uh during first uh uh the first war in iraq um, I, I remember going home one night i was at my recruiting office i was actually making phone calls prospecting high school students and i was talking to one young man on the phone and i've got the television going and uh they started firing scud missiles and all Jeez. this stuff and and uh, my wife ones. my wife was a marine too yeah, sure, we, you we know, i don't know that. That. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. get into that yeah, yeah and i went home that night and i told her i said you know tomorrow i'm going to go in and request to go back to the fleet because i'd already been a recruiter for quite some time yeah and uh i remember my co saying um no you're not going to go back to the fleet you uh, the Marine Corps has given you a mission. Right. And so you're going to go back to your desk and you're going to do your job that the Marine Corps assigned you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like that answer. Right. You know, I didn't like that. Not to sound like a freaking hero or not anything that like should. that. I no. wasn't trying to be a hero. And I think anybody who says they were is probably telling a Bullshit. lie. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it. the understanding was I had a mission and my mission was just as important where I was as the uh, the Marines that were out on the firing line. Yeah.
0: You know that that's the thing too, right? We all have these different experiences, but you know it's the there's a certain thing that bonds us together, yeah. even before that. And and you know sometimes people say it's like kind of bootish to talk about boot camp stories. Yep, maybe it is. But when you get old, that's the only thing you can remember. That's all you got left. Yeah, that's all you got <laughs> left. So um, but there's certain things like that kind of training, that kind of environment that we just sort of all share this thing. So um, and we'll talk about when we met first, but okay, yeah. so. Back into uh the history of frank
1: here so um you ran you go to but you started out calm right so started on radio communications when i yeah. uh actually i got one story it's my stealth story from oh, boot camp
0: yeah. Ooh, stealth. so i
1: was in first battalion alpha company uh at paris island Not third battalion do they, they have
0: a third battalion they
1: still have a third battalion first second and third and actually they now have a fourth battalion they do yep when i yep. enlisted that was fourth for fourth company or something like that. Because oh, yeah, yeah. the the number of women that served were so few back then. Right. Oh, but now fourth the, is the women. Fourth is the women recruit okay. training battalion, and uh, they uh, they there are a lot of great women who are now serving as United yeah, States yeah. Marines.
0: Did you hear they wanted to combine that and have boot camp together? Yeah, they they were talking about that. I'm yeah. not sure that's. They don't work. know Marines, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it might be fine in the Coast Guard, but uh, uh, it's, it's not going to work. There'll be babies coming not out. Right. Honestly, I'm um, sorry. I'm not even going there. Not even going there, but it's just a thing. Okay, so
1: <laughs> boot camp, you were so my story. my yeah, yeah. stealth mode yeah, yeah. was. Uh, we were down at the mess hall waiting in line. I don't know if you remember that they'd march you up to the doors, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you got to wait in line while the while the sand fleas had their dinner. You just crammed in yeah, there waiting, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, I I had to pee like crazy. Uh. And I, I literally, and I hope my drill instructors aren't listening because they may come find me. <laughs> I was able to step back away from the platoon and pee behind this huge tree, which stands in front of the mess hall. It's still there. I just saw it. It's still there. I just saw it about a month or so ago. Wow. And I was able to pee on that tree and sneak back into the platoon wow. without being detected. And they were still in line? Yeah. Okay. Because they my, already. That's my, down, that's my story, dude. That's my story. That's
0: your story. You must yeah. use some sniper skills to do that. Uh, it was stealthy. Well, <laughs> a lot of it's like you got to look out for yourself. You sure. Know?
1: Absolutely. And I think
0: uh, you know the biggest fear is always getting recycled. You know, <sighs> because that just means you got to start over. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, we forgot to do the warning. So civilians, turn it off. This is not for you. Yeah. See, I see. That's the warning. It's supposed to be the beginning, as we say. Civilians, not for you. This is not your show. What they don't understand is that it was all about survival and then in like, per, like getting rid of or making as short as possible the suffering. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to be in there for three months. Anything that's going to put you back to the beginning was the worst threat, you know, yeah. possible.
1: And you know, you're in a world of shit the first night. First night, I remember yeah. sitting on my rack saying, what the hell did I do to myself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know about you. Did you go down with a bunch of friends? No. I, we, had, we had the, the buddy program. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, there yeah. were actually seven of us that oh, went wow. to recruit training together from here in Nashville, and uh, at the end of the day, two of us graduated on time, one got discharged medical, what? And, the, and the other guys graduated, s- spread out. So you had you had, had one medical, subjects. and then yep. you had
0: four get recycled. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah.
1: Were they weak bodies or is that just no, because no, one of them, boot camp? One of then. them actually made it all the way to uh, Mess and Maintenance Week. I don't know if you remember that, but that's like a couple of weeks before um, graduation. What happens then? Uh, you go to the mess hall or you're in charge oh, of mowing you, the lawn. You do and volunteer. Doing the, yeah, you do that yeah, kind of like service stuff. Yeah, uh, you're doing the yeah, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. called I was, it Mess and Maintenance. Yeah,
0: I, I remember that. You know, I was the scribe, so I was stuck okay. in a squad bay for that sort Why of Why like, does it
1: not surprise me that I you know, were the scribe? I know. Yeah. But uh, but one of the guys, one of the guys (laughs) actually uh, was on mess duty and they were putting uh, cardboard boxes out in the trash masher and he actually got his arm caught in it. So he was, it broke his arm and he had to stay there, get medically taken care of and then was able to proceed to graduation. Oh, afterward.
0: man. Yeah, so he got some extra time at Parasylent. He's trying, he's trying to get a Purple Heart. He's not even graduated boot camp yet. <laughs> yeah. What's,
1: what are you doing? I think that's what he was doing? He might, yeah. might have been. Maybe yeah, he was yeah, looking yeah. to it's come the same guys
0: the that mass up on the gear. You know, we have words for them. But, uh, okay, all right, wow. But, but, like, seven went, and then two graduated on time. That's yeah. legit. Yeah. You know, when I went, there was a bunch of us up at um, MEPS or whatnot, Yep. Yeah. We called it APHES back then. AFES. Yeah. Okay. Good. This is good. Like This is like vocabulary. That's right. It's changed. We'll have to have a glossary. All these acronyms. Yes. TLAs. <laughs> yes. Um, so for, for us, it was, uh, we we're I was up in Maine. It was Portland, Maine. So okay. We're in New, New Hampshire, but yeah. uh, Portland, Maine. And um, I think one night in a hotel, so everyone gets their own time and then they're going to take us to the airport. And we got to Logan, or no, maybe it was, oh, it was Maine. No, it was the airport in Portland, Maine. And we're in there. And I joined a little late. I mean, I was like 22 or something already. So I'm like, let's go to the bar, guys. This is our last chance yeah. before yeah. Um, we're in the shit. And so we go to the bar. And wouldn't you know, a bunch of dudes carrying folders in Portland, Maine. Everyone knows what's up. Like, yeah. you've got orders, and you look like a civilian still. You're wearing a polo shirt and long, so it's long like, hair. Yeah. Long hair. Yeah. And and so um, some dudes at the bar actually bought us drinks. Um, and so, <laughs> but shots and drinks. So I will say I was feeling great on the flight down to Atlanta, but on the flight from Atlanta to Savannah, I had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm proud to say I, I pretty much got to Paris Island with a hangover. There you go. So that made the whole entry even better. Uh, it, it, it
1: was a headache. <laughs> it, was, it was a hard day. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was it, it Remember was. Remember in cool. receiving where they threw all your clothes at you and stuff? and you, Like I had yeah. a pair of socks in my left hand, a pair of socks in my right hand. Yeah. Oh, you put the other pair in your mouth. You got to show all three pair.
0: Yeah. And it was really interesting. It was the start of being told how to do every single Everything. step. Everything that's kind of nice though like what should i put on that i don't know oh my my right sock yeah all right
1: let's do yeah. that wait yeah. wait wait not how do you enough. how do you know that's your right sock right i don't know and i, I, I look, you look for the little r on the sock. yeah yeah because you had to put your names on everything did you yeah yeah oh
0: yeah did we uh, i had to stamp my
1: underwear did you do you have tidy whities i did oh see no see, actually see, they were boxers back then i, I oh, apologize they, they were boxers. were they white
0: yes okay we we had these high-speed green skivvies by the time we were in. Did you really? Yeah, it's pretty, was pretty cool. cool. And they doubled as like- You can't see the skid marks quite easily. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> they doubled as uh, PT shorts mm. and running shorts and underwear. Wow. So it was like multi-purpose.
1: Well, you should try that down here on Main Street. I'm wearing them right now. You want to see them? <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, <laughs> got to show up for the we're, podcast. We're close, not just, just I mean, not co- that close. Actually,
0: you know, you can't see on camera, but I could be wearing them right now. You could be. So, huh. um, okay, so- No, he's yeah. not. I'm not, yeah, yeah. So maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, boot camp and you go, You go to comm yeah. school, um, where no, was that at?
1: Went to comm school in San Diego, California. Ah,
0: okay, so yeah. you're like, this so, is not bad, they sent me to San Diego right away.
1: Not bad at all, and uh, I believe that was a seven-week course back then, and uh, my first orders after comm school was to Okinawa, Japan, so 3rd Marine Division, Wow, Okinawa, Okinawa Japan,
0: yep. Nice. Yeah, Eyo, that, thank you, Desne. That's great, yeah, man. Yeah, it was
1: pretty sweet. You know, I, I always, when I talk to people about my time in the Marines, I tell them, you know, before I was 19, I had seen Guam, Taiwan, Thailand, Hong Kong, Korea, the Philippines, and Japan. And it, it <laughs> Before was, you were when? Before I was 19 years old.
0: Damn. Yeah,
1: I was. Uh, I, I got they traveled the world, man. Yeah, we did. Shit. And we had a blast. It was all over the West Pacific. Uh, I, uh, I actually was on, we called Okinawa the rock. And so I was walk. on the rock,
0: like like Alcatraz. Yeah, kind of. It felt that
1: way sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I was there for two months, and then I caught my first what we call a float, and I uh, went out with uh, with a contingent of uh, naval ships, and off we went. And uh, halfway back. They were looking for volunteers. Ooh. So if you wanted to volunteer. Like Russian
0: roulette. You don't know good, bad, good, bad. Just never know. You never know. <laughs> and so they were looking
1: for volunteers to go out on the next float. Mm. So I think my first float was uh, with the uh, second Marines, two, nine, okay. two, nine. And uh, when I came back, two, four was going out. And the word was that they were going to Australia. Oh, shit. And so everybody wanted to go to Australia. So I volunteered to extend my time in Okinawa, Japan by three months. Yep. So instead of spending the normal 13, I was there for 16 months. Uh, but I went out on the float with two four, grabbed yep. my sea bag off of the two nine float, walked across the pier, got on the next boat, and off we went. And um, we didn't go to Australia. Oh, no. Where'd you go? You don't think they lied to us, do you?
0: No, they just yeah mistaken
1: no we're we, trying to train you for battle we went to all the same places i went with two nine oh, so geez. i was i was familiar uh but no we didn't go to australia uh but i gotta be honest with you that was the uh probably my best 19 months in the marine corps I was going through comm school and then getting over to okinawa and doing all that traveling i had never been anywhere but my little hometown of nashua
0: nashua new hampshire yeah. to okinawa yeah.
1: you know i had a chance to go
0: to okinawa as a, as a civilian contractor trainer guy for a job and that was pretty cool, but it was you know decades later. What was Okinawa like back then?
1: Well, remember it was uh, so it's nineteen seventy five back then, yeah. and uh, I remember uh, coming in. They bust us into the base. Yeah, I was at Camp Hanson, and uh, there was actually some riots going on. Mm. Uh, the uh, the Okinawans, the, they just they didn't want us there. And so right. they, they were all at the front gate as we're coming through and they were throwing rocks at the bus and doing all kinds Come of you know, That kind of stuff. Come you know, on. Yeah. You know, welcome to welcome to Okinawa. Welcome. We I love guess, you not. Well, I guess this yeah. is around the, the, the Vietnam era
0: too where yeah. nobody was getting respect. Nope. Nobody gave a shit. And yeah. so that, that sucks. That it was, but it's global. So like nobody gave a shit and everyone was like, Antagonistic the whole time through. That's right. That's okay, right. so yeah. it wasn't exactly because when I was there,
1: it's kind of beautiful and people were chill. They just wanted you to buy their trinkets and stuff. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, any any military base, regardless of service, I think is uh is usually the community right outside is mostly bars and back in strip those days clubs. strip clubs and yeah. and uh, you know it was just a seedy place to be. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and definitely not a representation of the country. Agreed. Yeah. As yeah itself, it's like right? this
0: weird bubble yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, I i spent quite a bit of time over in the philippines uh subic bay was a big naval base back then okay. it, it's closed now uh but you would cross a bridge into a Longapo city and a city is definitely not a representation of uh of the, of philippines, the philippines as a whole right. you know, if you went to manila or something like that it would be a lot different what were the floats like you know you mentioned you know the deploying thing i've
0: never been on a float Oh, really? Yeah. I've never been on a, you know, the only ships I've been on are like ferries to, you know, the local islands around Cape Cod. You Con, were riding ferries? Not in the Marine Corps, go just like as a civilian, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in a cruise. I did a carnival,
1: like a carnival real, cruise? real Caribbean cruise, but I've never done a float. Oh, I imagine you, that it was, was like that,
0: just not as much fun.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, a Marine's mission on board ship is uh, pretty much maintain your gear. Stay in good physical shape, you know, running circles around the, the flight <laughs> decks or whatever. Yeah. And just be prepared to hit the beach. And, you know, we part of the purpose we were out there was to practice uh, what Marines did back amphibious then. We assault, still do today, FM, amphibious yeah. assaults. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get assigned to 3rd Shore Party Battalion hmm. and Shore Party we're typically the the first Marines to hit the beach to set up the landing zones and all that stuff. So that was actually kind of fun. Because, oh, what'd you do? Uh, what do you do with that stuff? Uh, we had nice beach fires. <laughs> uh, uh, Nobody's shooting at you. Nobody's shooting at you. Beach fires, yeah.
0: man. Man, I never had a fire when I was in the Marines. Oh no, this was You cool. know, it was like, oh, it's cold out New England. And like perfect time for a fire, you know. I I probably would have re-upped if there was a fire. We outside. had
1: bonfires. Uh, Damn it! I remember drinking our red label and blue label sake. Oh, you know, yeah. The the the, uh, the locals would bring <laughs> us stuff. It was pretty kind of kind of cool. Oh, and then the next day, good. when everybody else came on the beach, I mean, we had a pretty hefty job. We had to give everybody in, get all the gear off, yeah, get yeah. everybody in place. Oh, sure, Frank. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> drinking <laughs> sake. Yeah, talk about a hangover.
0: I <laughs> talk about a hangover. I was gonna say. So, I mean. I would have stayed in for 22 years if I had sake and Beach vibes. Yeah, yeah. well, it.
1: I learned quick not to drink the Blue Label Saki. Okay. Uh, a buddy of mine, his name was Tex, so you know he's probably from Texas. And uh, he drank Blue Label Saki, almost a whole bottle, oh, geez. and literally went blind for about five hours. Are you serious? Serious, yeah. So I never touched Blue Label What's sake. What's the blue versus the red? I had no, no clue.
0: I have no, no idea to I was, this day. Dude,
1: I was 18. I, mean, so I, I was, the,
0: <laughs> This is Marines, right? The color around the bottle. Red was good, mm-hmm. but they should have reversed it. It's like red was dead and then blue was- You would, you would think. But no. But then that would confuse us. That yeah, would confuse yeah. us. Yeah, but so. red is Marine Corps. M- drink, you know, Marines drink red. That's right. Blue, don't drink Don't drink it. Well, that would be Navy. That would be Navy. Right. Should have given that to his Navy counterparts. So why would you do that? So, okay. So he, what, so he was- He,
1: he, he was couldn't in, see he couldn't he see he said i can't see guys i can't see and you're like yeah. aha yeah yeah, yeah we were laughing at him exactly that's what we were doing yeah freaking idiot well, like well, my, uh, my I problem i can see yeah i can see <laughs> did, you, did you kick him around a little bit before you had to call we, the doc in we, we did bust his chops a little bit and we didn't call doc he fell asleep and when he woke up in the morning he was fine he could see again oh. no problem <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's marines too hey i, I can't see Let me just go to sleep and see if I can sleep it off. (laughs) And in his favor, it worked. But anyone else, maybe should go get that looked at.
1: Well, yeah, I I think they probably would frown on that today.
0: Uh, But this was the 70s. Yeah, yeah, the 70s. So it was the least you could do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so beach fires, sake.
0: uh, You know, to prepare for beach landings and then back on the ship. And then is the ship just, you're on board, you just you you know know the uh,
1: vocab, but you're just trying not to go insane from boredom? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, we played a lot of spades. I don't know if you ever uh, played spades. It's a yeah. great card game. It's like the game. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, ironically, most Marines stayed down below decks in their billet areas, uh, playing spades, cribbage, that kind of stuff, uh, making sure the gear is clean and ready for operation. Uh, but most importantly, just staying out of the way of the sailors. You know, they got a job <laughs> to do on board ship, and we didn't want to interfere with what they were doing. What kind of a ship were you on at that point? I was on, let's see, I was on an LSD, an LPH. And an LST. Those are the, Mm, they don't even call them that anymore. LSD? Yeah, yeah, oh. well it was the seventies. L S D was the 70s case. Are you sure you want a ship or are we just kinda
0: of floating in the atmosphere somewhere?
1: <laughs> I was on a ship. Okay. And uh, but what was interesting is uh my, my daughter's actually married to a sailor today, god
0: forbid. Oh jeez. Right? Did you and, have uh, to talk with her? Like do you know what you're doing? You know well, he's in the navy.
1: Right? Yeah, I did. I did. I don't still don't understand what she did. Still but anyway, understand. he uh he uh, he's we sat sometimes and talking about the different types of ships and they don't call them anything like what we used to call them. Huh? I have no idea what when he's yep, talking about what trainers? ship he's on or what class it is. I have no clue what it was. No, no clue. No, totally no. different. Totally words. different thing. Yeah, Exactly.
0: So what was it like? Were you in like bunks? You is it is it like a squad bay?
1: When uh, you were in there or? No, they were bunks stacked. I believe they were stacked four, maybe five high. A little bit better than a um, than a than a um, a hammock, hmm. right? So it was like a real right. thin mattress and a little netted thing holding you didn't You didn't have to place. like hot rack
0: like a submarine though.
1: No, no, we didn't have to hot rack. No. But And yeah. you were, you fresh
0: in too. So you're mm-hmm. bottom of the totem pole. You're not, you know, senior anything. You're just a, you're just a PFC at that point. I was a
1: senior fuck up is what. that <laughs> <saying. laughs> Senior fuck up. You had that term too? <laughs> oh yeah. oh that, yeah. That term has yeah. survived. It has survived. Day. I think it's still there today. Yeah. Um, so were you like a Lance at that point? Or uh, Yeah. I was a Lance corporal at that point. Picked up corporal when I was in the Philippines. I uh, remember that, that night very well. Uh, a buddy of mine, Ortega, and I uh, got promoted together. Nice. Uh, went out into Alangapost City. Uh, and, you went out to town to celebrate. Proceeded to celebrate with a drink they called Mojo. Uh, is it yeah. kind of like soju? Well, I don't know. I've never heard of soju. So that's a Korean. Okay, so Mojo alcohol is actually, no, this is a mixture of, uh, let's see, I think that I think the recipe is a fifth of cherry brandy, a fifth of rum, number two uh, number 10 can of pineapple juice. Two bottles of San Miguel beer, which is a Filipino beer, is a local beer. Okay. Two tablespoons of sugar for taste. Okay. And you mix that up together, make a big pitcher. And uh, that pitcher could uh, lay out a table of five marines. Wow.
0: Well, you know, speak of the devil. We have that right here oh. now. <laughs> you know, future episodes. That, that yeah, may I happen. Think we ought to have that sometime. But uh, yeah. I can imagine the conversations descending rapidly, mm-hmm. uh, Sharon. I mean, cigar is one thing, but, you know. So, Okay. I'm going to have to get that recipe from you because that sounds pretty amazing. Okay, so what did you call it again?
1: Mojo. Mojo. M-O-J-O. I believe there's a golf ball that is called Mojo now, so I don't okay. know if they have anything in and, common. You know, and, and uh, Austin Powers has that, you know, where's my Mojo, Where's baby? my Mojo? Maybe he
0: wasn't talking about Mojo. He's talking about Maybe he drink. wanted
1: the drink. That's right. Get,
0: get All I know is I,
1: I arrived back on base that night, and I do not remember it. <laughs> uh, our, our corpsman met us at the gate. And I had this uh, scrape across my face <laughs> and Ortega had this neat little square patch on the top of his forehead. What? Yeah, apparently we, we were brought back in a uh, paddy wagon and Ortega thought it was a good idea to try to fit through the little square oh geez. Air bree- yeah so he he had a square patch like a good
0: paddy wagon or uh, a bad
1: like no it was like yeah. you're, you're drunk and you need to drop <laughs> back to the
0: base did you get any repercussions for that
1: or they just kind of put you back in your in your bunk and you like get on your way uh god bless the corpsman yeah some marines love our Corman. True, true and uh i won't mention his name but doc met us at the uh oh, at
0: good. the gate good good good
1: get us back into the barracks and uh uh, told us what happened the next morning when we woke up,
0: <laughs> uh, man, that's good. Cause you know, the, there's a lot of those guys at the blue Falcons out there. That'll just yeah write you up and get you your yeah. first page 11 at that yeah, point. No, but we, got, we covered each other's butts back. You then. survived, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's what it is too. You know, it's that looking out for each other. Uh, it's definitely not, you know, looking out for, you know, the big wigs. It's the guy to your right, the guy to your left and just looking out for them. So Mojo, that's some good stuff, man good stuff so okay so you did some floats and then eventually is it time to settle down
1: yeah i think it was about may no it's probably about I got back in 1975 i got assigned to 29 palms california
0: By way, i'm still not alive yet at this point yeah
1: 29 you know, thanks 29 thanks 29 palms, stumps stumps called it yep. we still
0: call it that yeah yep. and
1: um I was assigned to the first field artillery artillery group. Artie, so you're calm yeah. for Artie. I was calm for Artie. Okay. All right. And uh, I spent about eight months there. Uh, I was coming up on my see, I was twenty years old. Okay. And they came out with this cool program that you could uh, you could re-enlist, and they would uh, cancel the remaining years of your current enlistment. They would give you a promotion to your next highest rank, and choice of duty station. Shit shit. So, so if you're going to
0: stay in, you might as well get Well, I that. jumped
1: on that. Well, I had no intention of staying in. Well, they bump you up to, is I, that how you got corporal? Or uh, that's how I got the sergeant. sergeant. I made bumped sergeant. Bumped sergeant? Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell I was yeah. a sergeant. And as it turns out, my choice duty station was to become a recruiter. Okay. And uh, the t- plan. What's a t-
0: job? Right? You're, you're with the civilians, you're.
1: Yeah, but you know, the plan was. Oh, not then though. Was it Was it still bad out though? Eh, Culture wise? Yeah, it wasn't great. You know, i yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. the parades I was in. I was called, you know, the. The term that I, they gave us so endearingly, you know, baby killers and mm. that kind of stuff, and I had an egg thrown at me. Uh, and Carrying the colors in a parade. And are you uh, fucking
0: serious? Where were you at when this? I was came? here
1: in Nashua. You got? I got. I egg got you in Nashua? Nashua. Yeah.
0: We got to look yeah. at. We got to go find the CCT, the tape. that We got to go track that guy
1: down. Oh, there's no tape. Thankfully, no tape. So, ironically, I volunteered for recruiting duty because my plan was to come back to my hometown, guaranteed choice of station. And, oh, uh, so you get to pick, you got I, promotion and you got I replaced, your choice of a job. I, re- and the st- I replaced my recruiter. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. And, um, so I got back here. My plan was to do my three-year tour on recruiting duty. Yep. Uh, use that time to network and find myself a good job yeah, yeah. and then get out of the core and do my thing. Shit. And then I met a woman.
0: Okay, I was going to say why uh-huh. why why would you stay in, but yeah. ah okay. Yeah, I met so a woman.
1: how did that, you know, Carol, right? So I met Carol. Uh Carol was actually in the delayed entry program when I took over the Nashville recruiting station.
0: Wow. So she what do you uh, what do they call it? Do
1: have a term for those people? Um
0: they're uh poolies. Poolies. Yeah, poolies. Yeah. Okay, I was a poolie yeah. for like yeah. a
1: week. Yeah, we call them poolies. Yeah, 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 okay. And uh so I took over the station and we had this big board in the office that told us who was supposed to ship to boot camp when. And I get a phone call one day saying, "Hey, uh, where's Summerall?" And I said, "I don't know. Oh. She's not scheduled to leave for another week." Said, so, "No, she was supposed to leave today." Ah, oh, shit! Uh, so she missed the bus. Who messed that one up? Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on Hank because somebody put the dates Hank. wrong up on the board. Right? What are you doing, us, uh, Hank? But Carol blames it on me. She's, of she She's. She I screwed well, up. That was that yeah. was the start of many blames. I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. So we had to find Carol, <laughs> who apparently was up in the mountains hiking and camping and doing that doing kind of thing. Enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, knowing that her life was soon about to yeah, change be over. <laughs> uh, so my my meeting with Carol was nothing more than getting her back in time and getting her on the bus. And she actually uh, got to report to the yellow footprints with a busload of male Marines,
0: Whoa. which doesn't
1: usually happen. Okay. And they get the same treatment when they get off the bus. It's they one yeah, of them yeah. on the yellow footprints. Yeah. Yeah. The DI just didn't know there was a female involved. Um, and you know, h- handling o- operational,
0: <laughs> you know, when the process isn't followed, usually no one knows what's going on. They're That's like, right. So, um, uh, we, we've got mm-hmm. female, like, um, what do we do? What yeah, do we what do we do? Exactly. Do we do? It's like,
1: what are you doing here? And she tells the story better <laughs> than I do. But she, she pretty much said, well, because you told me to. And of course, you know, you don't say the word you uh, in boot camp, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they truly didn't know what to do. And I'm not sure how they completely figured it out, but they got her to where she, she needed they to They didn't be. have a 4th Battalion
0: at that point, or they did.
1: No, it was a company. It was a 4th company. 4th company. Yeah, it was just a company. And they weren't picking up because normally they'd be in a bus. They, that's right. They were already. They had picked up Man, like three or four days, days earlier. It was great. I've been paying for that for 41 paying years. for that, man. So yeah. what, did she, what did she do? She joined the Marine Corps, ready? Yeah. To be in the band. Be in the band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, right. uh, she played clarinet and sax at uh, Milford High School. Actually played clarinet, first chair clarinet at uh, Milford High. And uh, when she joined the Marine Corps, she, uh, they had to choose a secondary instrument. So once she got through boot camp, she went on to the Naval School of Music in Little Creek. And uh, she uh, she minored in sax. And that's that's actually her favorite instrument.
0: Wow. You know, I took, um, I was doing trumpet when I was in high school. And um, trumpet teacher actually was uh, in the Marine Corps band. And um, yeah, I just remember that being, that's kind of a cool, you know, cool gig. And, you know, at first people were like, oh, you know, kind of shitting on the people in, that are in the band. But then you realize, man, they made the right call <laughs> when, you're, when you're sleeping on some, ground right. rocky
1: ground root
0: with right. mosquitoes you're like man yeah. band sounds yeah, pretty good
1: yeah they're riding the bus and you know having a party yeah but you know uh just to be clear because there's the there's the marine corps band okay and then there's marine corps bands okay right? bands around so, the world so carol was yeah, not yeah. part of the marine corps band the uh band. Yeah. actually i think rumor has it that the marine corps band actually they're not marines really what yeah yeah they what? didn't yeah, they're, they're professional musicians. Oh, That's maybe the they room. are now. Maybe. Always. I, we'll have to look into this. We have we'll to have to look get into fact checkers on this. But Carol was actually stationed with the 2nd Marine Air Wing at Marine Corps Air Station, uh, Cherry Point. Okay, so you met there. We met in Nashville. kind of gave the senator send-off. Sent her the wrong time. She came back, and uh, we got her on 30 days uh, recruiter assistant duty. Okay. When she graduated. It, was her impression any – better of you
0: at that point, other than the recruiter that sent me down at the wrong time. Well, Casey,
1: as the story goes, we (laughs) knew each other for two weeks. We got engaged. And then we got married six months later. She was at the Naval School of Music for six months. So we were separated the whole time. Wow. And uh, when we got married, which was May 6th of 1978, one o'clock, St. John's Church over in Hudson. Oh, over here in in New Hampshire. Wow. And, uh, when we left for our honeymoon, I put in a request to create a joint household because we knew Carol was going to be in North Carolina mm-hmm. and, uh, the Marine Corps was gracious enough to have transfer orders for me oh, cool. to take over a recruiting station in Kinston, North
0: Carolina. Down there. God, yeah. I was going to say like, you know, it's always interesting, but they were, they kind of played ball with you to keep you. They did. The it was really kind of cool. You know, yeah, and,
1: cool. uh, the, uh, I remember our wedding. We had it over at a BFW hall. I think it was over in Derry, mm. and uh, <clears throat> all the Marines showed up, of course. And you know, it was a military wedding, which really cracks me up. My uh, my father, the saber, the saber. Tunnel? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My father-in-law yeah, yeah. was Navy. My okay. best man was my, my fellow recruiter here in Nashville. Okay. And uh, father-in-law's we... Navy. That's not bad. Yeah. Not, bad.
0: He's, like, not oh, bad. he's probably talking to his daughter, just like you're talking to yours. been like, really mm-hmm. marrying a Marine,
1: mm-hmm. but she but he probably had more of a cow when she joined who, the Marines. Well, you hardly even knew, right? Right. Right. So, yeah, two, he, yeah, so you knew, knew, for yeah knew for two weeks. Yeah, we knew each other for two How weeks. How did that even work? And, uh, just fast, huh? Just- we, uh, we, we went to the wedding, uh, to the rehearsal for the wedding. Yeah. And I remember my best man and I coming out in our dress blues and doing a snap, crackle, pop about wow. face the whole bit. Yeah. And uh, my father-in-law's in the back of the church. That's enough of that military shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he missed the point that it was a military wedding. Yeah, we had the swords. And if any of you who have been married as Marines, having the full sabers and the whole bit, uh, we welcome the bride to the core in a very special fashion. Mm. The swords come down in front of us, but one comes behind and she gets a gentle little smack on the behind, which she didn't expect. I've heard about yeah. that. Yeah. Tina luckily avoided that. Oh, it's too bad. Um, we'll have to make sure that. <laughs> we have to catch up,
0: right? <laughs> hey, Tina, uh, come here. I had this NCO sword I
1: want to hit you with real quick. That's funny.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, so cool.
1: down to Cherry Point. That's down, down to Cherry Point. And I cool. uh, uh, got my first office hours in North Carolina. What's that? Uh, that means I was in trouble. Oh, no. Because I disagreed with the, uh, the decision of a senior officer. Oh. who who uh, was the, uh, the operations officer. And I thought I could do something that I knew I could do. And he chose to believe that we couldn't do it. Uh. And unfortunately, when I handed the phone back to my non-commissioned officer in charge, who was a gunnery sergeant at that time, I had a few choice words as the phone was passing <laughs> <laughs> and they were heard. And uh, what, what were these words like? Uh, what what did they sound like? So they sounded like this motherfucker won't let me do what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so this is uh, like the old, like, it, so he this, heard that. This is like a real phone, yeah, with wires and shit, you know, hardlined.
0: Oh, man. He heard
1: it, and I believe the first words he said to my gunny was the ncoic in charge was have him at the headquarters tomorrow morning at oh, 8 a.m Shit! Uh, but it wasn't all bad no uh, no the uh, after i got my office hours which means they yelled and screamed at me and told me i was a bad boy or whatever but the sergeant major the senior enlisted man of the command called me into his office
0: oh right because yeah. he's like you're messing with my officers yeah. here yeah so you know what he said casey sergeant major of that no, the Marine. Of that Corps, recruiting staff. Of that station. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, you know what he said? What did he say? He said, Congratulations, Menard. You're now qualified to become a staff sergeant. Can't become a staff NCO unless you've had office hours. Oh. Well, I said, Oh, I didn't know it was that easy, Sergeant oh, Major. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, actually, shortly thereafter, I got promoted to staff sergeant.
0: Wow. Imagine how that works. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I, it makes sense for the Marine Corps. Anyone it does. else, you know, um, my brother did, uh, or was doing actually an uh, Air Guard, Air Reserve, and, and I heard some boot camp stories of the Air Force boot camp. And uh, one recruit actually got recycled day before uh, graduation because he was making fun of another recruit. They were calling him, they were giving him a nickname. Oh, he had a nickname. I mean, everyone has a nickname. Everybody has you a nickname. Yeah. But I think his nickname was something to do with mushrooms. Based on the size of that particular uh, person, and I—I I don't know. I think that's a pretty clever nickname. Sure, honestly, sure. I would—he would have gotten a promotion in the Marine Corps. Honestly. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so okay, so you got office hours, and that got you a little promotion, actually. Well, at least got me—got me some recognition. Did you ever get a yeah. page eleven? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. what that was. That was office hours. Office hours wasn't okay yep. because you know the 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 phrase is you're not trusty puller, I think right. You're not really a Marine until you have page eleven, page 11 entry. Yep.
1: You know, and I don't think
0: you can even listen to the show
1: unless you've had it. I right. will let you. How many, listen, how, many, how many? How many? How many do you think are out there that have had page 11s? Um, ho-
0: hopefully everyone. I hope so. Hopefully, especially
1: if they were non-commissioned
0: officers. Yeah, yeah. You should yeah. leave a comment on YouTube if yeah. you have.
1: Yeah, you really and, and should. And tell us what it was for. Te- yeah, tell us the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. always what, good stories. What was it for? <laughs> what
0: did you do? What did you do? Um, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Okay. So, so you, good, good deal. It, I could see how that would keep you in. Like, hey, the missus is in. She's got her thing. You're getting hooked up. You're both, I mean, you're getting BAH. You're, getting all, the, you're sure. getting all the pay.
1: BAH. Do you not have that? The Basic housing, housing allowance. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought they, the people listening might not remember. If you what don't know. That you, is. Can't yeah. you can't listen. You can't listen. Get off. Turn it off now. Turn it off. (laughs) Before we get banned on YouTube. Well, well, what was interesting, Casey, it didn't keep me in. I actually got out of the Marine Corps in 1980. Really? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was born. Yeah, You're here. I'm here. You're here. Casey is here, so I got out of the Marine Corps. Now we're talking. Okay. 1980, what happened? So I I just, we chose to get out. and um, You both did? We both did. Well, Carol served three years, so her term was up, and uh, I decided to get out of the Marine Corps and come back here to my hometown. Mm And uh, I actually went to work for an insurance company. Ooh! Yeah, I was going to be an insurance salesman. Hey, I was a recruiter. Similar, sales sales, Similar right? right? Same thing. And uh, ironically, I think I, I think I sold insurance for nine months. <laughs> and I made the million dollar round table oh yeah yeah and what, I re- what's that like you sold enough yeah or- i sold a million dollars in policies or whatever okay. and I, well, that's I don't really cool. remember what i got it for but i got it right to marine-, marine corps fashion
0: yeah but your marine corps work was sort of training you to, to launch into something else So that's right okay. you use right. those skills the hustle skills yep
1: and uh that's cool and then i uh i said to my wife i said i'm gonna go back in mm. and she was on board carol's a supportive marine too? she did not okay She's like, ah, you're she crazy. Said, One of us is enough. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember my sales manager for the insurance company actually walked in that next morning okay. and I'd gotten a high and tight because right he on. knew I was ready to go, right? right yep. And he said, You're going back, aren't you? I said, Yeah, going back. And I literally walked down to the recruiting station. The recruiter got up to help me. And I said, you can sit down, Sergeant. I know how to fill out the paperwork. Oh, well, you, you so were a staff, staff at that
0: point, right? Staff well, sergeant.
1: I filled out my reenlistment paperwork. Okay. And actually, they took away staff sergeant from me. Uh, were yeah. you staff? And then you got I out. I was a staff. I got out. Uh, you had to re-enlist. Is and re-enlisted. I lost the rank because I'd been mm-hmm. out long enough and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they went back in, and I was welcomed in true Marine Corps fashion. <laughs> so uh, the whole deal was I wanted to re-enlist and go back on recruiting duty. Okay. So the commanding officer- uh, said absolutely we can make that work you get to choose three duty stations which one would you like when you get ready to re-enlist just tell us your three choices so my choices were Manchester New Hampshire okay uh, I believe Hereby. it was a uh, Maine in portland actually where you up started here, right? though but yeah i was all up here i was up here carol's up here. not
0: in so you could be anywhere right right, right. anyway but yeah, i chose yeah, to yeah. be
1: up here okay and so i uh everything i got went through the process uh did the physical all over again and i'm being sworn in okay and so they swear me in i'm back now i'm officially a marine. hands raised yep major uh the the commanding officer shakes my hand walks me back to the court, Says, by the way you still have three choices of duty station. Yeah, Manchester, Manchester, and Manchester. Okay, which one would you like? And I turned to Carol and I said, "Yeah, back in the core. Back in the core." <laughs> so, so I did two years in Manchester at the recruiting station there. Then yep. I took over Nashua again. Okay, and then uh, the next trip was to uh, recruiter school as an instructor.
0: Okay, so you were, you were a shit hot recruiter. I was good. So they're like, you can train some of these other mm-hmm. jarheads to to do the recruiting. So eventually. Down the line, they'll get that Casey guy in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. Yeah. Well, okay. that's what they hired me for, but I missed you. Right. Yeah, yeah you
0: did. Yeah. yeah. You know, years. what was
1: interesting is that the uh, the chief instructor at recruiter school was also my instructor when I went through recruiter school as a student. Ah, okay. And he actually tried to drop me. <laughs> from recruiter <laughs> from, training? From, from becoming a recruiter. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then he recruited me to be an instructor at the school. Okay. Which I thought was a pretty cool story. Because he saw
0: your numbers and he saw you were away.
1: Well, he saw that I, was squared was, away. Yeah, I could do what I had to do. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. and honestly, you know, it was pretty cool because you brought it up earlier, you know, you know, recruiters maybe don't have the best reputations in the world. Uh, I'd like to say that my recruiter and I are still good friends because mm. he didn't lie to me. know, we joke about my it. guy's going to be a dinner. DJ I mean, and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But the honest to God truth is my recruiter taught me how to do the job just by doing the job right with me he example, built, he built right. relationships yeah oh yeah. cool and we were cool, all cool. we were all friends we all had a blast right yeah and, yeah, uh, cool. and, and the pulley program was kind of like a client appreciation program right mm-hmm. you know so all the guys were waiting to go and the recruiter was the first one that kind of gave us uh uh the inside scoop of what to expect and what was going on that's so cool. i followed his example that's cool and you know um huh yeah treating the put in like
0: a, i remember yeah, there were Pooley events. Yeah. Like we had a pool yeah. event down it was on beautiful. Castle Island near sure. Boston. Sure. And, um, and I was only in there for like two weeks. I mean, enough to get the, the Pooley t-shirt. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was cool. I remember, you know, Castle Island, we did a, did a PFT, did a five, five K. Sure. Out of the island, We'd come back and they brought a bunch of, instructors up, uh, drill instructors to just yell at pulleys, you know, yeah. Got to give them a little taste, but as a poolie, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. This I got yelled cool. at today. <laughs> Cause you could go home that night and get some lasagna from your mother. You exactly.
1: Know? A little lasagna yeah, beer, yeah. right? You're like, Oh, oh this is great. Cool. I got a list. This would be awesome. <laughs> can't, can't wait to get there. Oh man. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. Yeah. We, uh, we actually used to do a lot of our stuff up at uh, the new Boston tracking station, the satellite tracking station, up new- in new Boston. New Boston. New Boston, right here, just up the road. New Hampshire? Yeah. yeah. Tracking station. It's up. Um, Is it still there? Yeah. It's up off on okay. of 101. It's not as fun as it used to be. Right. In those days, uh, they uh, they actually had like a rod and gun club. And our, uh-huh. our recruiter brought us up shooting shotguns and shooting oh, skeet. You know? And they, they had these great vending machines. They were like Coke machines. Okay. Yeah, they served beer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You press Pepsi and uh, you get a Michelob. Press
0: Oh, really? <laughs> press Pepsi, get a mic club.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: You know, if we had names for episodes, that's what that would be. Yeah, press Pepsi, you know? get a mick. Yeah, but that's also <laughs> a great um, title for recruiters, you know? Press press uh, um, radio DJ, get calm and recruiting, you know?
1: Yeah, you know,
0: I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You've, yeah you, pretty cool. You were in the vending machine yourself. <laughs> I was. That's cool. Yeah. So, okay, new bossy. But yeah, I yeah. get that. I mean, that'd be fun, man. Yeah. Um, Hey, you want to join? Okay, let's go. Uh, going to go shooting. You're not sure? Okay, come, yeah. come. Uh, let's go have a beer. Let's go shoot some skeet and yeah. then have some beers. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. would definitely. Did worry. I
1: mention the drinking age back then was twenty one? Twenty one.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you so see, yeah. Okay, so you're kind of getting a little edge. You get the little advantage. Yeah. recruiters are cool like that. For me, it was a little marketing as well. It was it was a helicopter ride? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I cool. heard. of oh, free helicopter rides at St. A's. I'm in. I'm like, go hell yeah, man. Let me do that. We'll get a helicopter ride. I didn't even know it was the Marines. And to your point, like I I didn't, I mean, I, my dad was a Navy air force and, Mm -hmm. and I'd always pondered some kind of branch, not the Marines. I mean, they're crazy. Isn't
1: that interesting though? How many Marines have you run into that said they had no intention of being a Marine? Right. And they just kind of ended up there. Yeah, it's like yeah, destiny. Yeah, yeah.
0: destiny. I mean, Uncle Sam's misguided children. Yep. Right? We were misguided in some way. And we yep. all sort of fell into this
1: yeah. thing. I call it the University of uh, what was it? University of uh, Science, Music, and Culture. Science, Music, and That's Culture. What it was. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's
0: yeah. so cool. And you know, for me, it was okay. Helicopter ride, and there was actually a female pilot. I remember it was it was like a, a Huey. I think it landed right in the quad at Saint A's in this college. Awesome. And like, what? So I got to ride in the front seat. I mean, that was bad. None of this backseat bullshit, which is more realistic. But it was like, here, hop in the front seat, man. You know, flying all around the college campus. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Then they have my info. I'm like, yeah, I'll show up for a meeting. Sure, sure. Sure. Why not?
1: Yeah. Why not? Next thing
0: you knew? Next thing I know, (laughs) man.
1: Jeez. So, But so that started my my recruiting career. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I went back into Marines. I stayed a recruiter, actually, 19 of my 22 years I was on recruiting. Jeez, me. you must have loved it then, right? You know what, I, I, I the truth of the matter is I love working with teenagers. Okay. And uh, as I look back today, and I was just having a conversation here not too, too long ago with uh, one of my coaching clients, and, you know, you just don't know where you're going to go, right? You don't know where life's going to take you. Right. And I realized that all of the things that I did as a Marine recruiter, uh, as an instructor at recruiter school, yeah. Uh, my final tour of duty was at headquarters Marine Corps as part of the national contact team, which is the whole purpose is to uh, is to help recruiters identify maybe where their weak spots were. Kind of like huh. the tra- we were the trainers for the country. Yeah. Uh, all of those things kind of prepared me for what I do as a civilian, so it worked out That's pretty cool. well.
0: That's cool, you know, and to find a job too in there that you you love. Why not stay in there and and but yeah, I see that you know working with the teens but also it's like working with people that were just as you know unguided as you were at the time where yeah i always felt like recruiters were really squared away and that of all the different you know groups and services like they were almost they like headed down to a science is that is that accurate you had it down to a science of how you actually
1: you know work people through that process yeah you know a lot of people don't know uh, so I believe the draft ended in 1970, late 74, early 75. So I was, I graduated right from high school in 74. I was the last group that had to register for the draft back then when they did away with it. Right. And uh, it was about that time that the all of the services started having professional sales training for all of the recruits. Wow. So they actually, we went through professional selling skills Sponsored by Xerox Corporation. Really? Yeah. So the sales training that people were receiving at Xerox okay. was the same training that we were getting. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, and that was pretty cool. So, so you, yeah, there was you a would sell
0: it. You were selling the career. You we were selling,
1: the core. You, and, and selling uh, the core. you know, we would spend our days making phone calls to uh, high school suspects. So suspect. no, uh, suspects, you know, yeah, the suspect yeah, yeah. they might be interested in the course and, uh, you know, we'd make appointments, schedule appointments. We'd go out and talk with them in the high schools. We gave, you know, public presentations. Uh, we oftentimes would be out at night talking with their parents, getting signatures for those who were under the age of 18. You had to have parental permission, uh, but it was definitely a sales process. Right. Uh, and there was, there was a rhythm to it. And uh, you know we would actually start identifying some of these kids as sophomores and juniors.
0: Really? Yeah, 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 sure we would
1: we would track them for that time. Sure, sure, sure.
0: Any uh any crazy recruiter experiences? Like you mentioned parents like convincing the parents it was cool. I know my dad um super proud at graduation, but when I first told him, you know, what I was doing, he's like, "What?" And he didn't he's just like, "Ah, call my recruiter trying to see um yeah, what we can do and just like uh, we'll talk in a week, you know, but yeah. how, how was it with parents? You, you know, know uh, it was
1: good and bad. I can, I can honestly say I don't remember any that were all that horrible. Sure. Um, I remember one in particular is a young man up in Milford. And uh, we were having the the interview process at his kitchen table the screening process. Okay. So, so filling out the forms, like, sure. like have you ever smoked marijuana? Because right? <laughs> back then you couldn't get in if you smoked marijuana. Right. At least if you admitted if to you it. If you admitted to That's it. right. And so uh, this young man was sitting at the table across from me. His father's sitting at the other end of the table as I'm asking that question. And I could literally see him squirming in his seat because he <laughs> wanted to tell the truth. Right. right. And he didn't know how to answer because his dad was sitting there. Right. And the truth of the matter is they could have smoked marijuana uh, but Need a no waiver, more, right? no Need a more waiver. than X amount of time right, right, needed right. a waiver to Need get waiver. in, but I got to give the kid credit. Even though he was sitting in front of his dad, he told the truth. Interesting. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. You got him a waiver. I uh, got him a waiver okay. and uh, right he, he did uh, join the Marine Corps. He served his, uh, his four year term. And uh, I'll tell you that the, the probably the thing I remember most about recruiting duty was telling the stories, oh, yeah. you know, talking with the parents and, Letting them know. Now, keep in mind, I'm 21 at this time when I first started wow, right. as a recruiter. Right, right. And uh, my nickname at the local high school was Babyface uh, because I was 21 and looked like I was 12. Right. right. I didn't, I didn't like it then. I kind of like it now because I'm an old guy yeah, now. Yeah, it pays and I, off now. Right? I, exactly. You know, but uh, so I'm sitting there as a 21-year-old. 20 telling these parents who are anywhere from 30 to 40 years old yeah. that I know better than, you know, what's good for their kid. Right. And uh, I thought that built a little bit of character for me too. It gave for me sure. the ability to tell a story.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure they saw you and they're like, Oh, this guy looks squared away. My kid's a dummy. Sometimes. So maybe if they go in, they'll be more like you when they come out. so, you know, I, what if, were they all like decent um, parents? Because a lot of the you know Marines I'm in with just, you know, we all come from like, yeah, you know, I, I had a really good like growing up experience but not everyone does, you know. No, not all gangs not all of them do. You get of stuff.
1: And of course, I recruited in New Hampshire, North True. Carolina, True. Virginia, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, so I I had some experience where uh I think it was I was in Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay. And uh being a good marine recruiter, we had a gym built in the back room where our lockers were so kids could come and work out and stuff and pull up bars painted red. Yeah, yeah, we had a nice little we had a we had a, a weight bench built out of 4 by 4s yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it took be. five Marines to move that out of the As office. As it should be. Uh, but I remember this one <sighs> young man, he uh, he actually came into the office. He was working out and I was sitting out at my desk doing my stuff. I wasn't in uniform yet. I was still in my civvies. And uh, so he left and I went back to my locker room and my wallet was missing. And uh, he was the only guy that had been there. Damn. You know, so I, I called his house and uh, he answered the phone. I said, "You uh, you need to come back to the recruiting office now. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't want to. I said, no, it's not an option. You will come back to the recruiting Did office. Did you call him now. out? Like,
0: you just, you just left it at like- I just left, left it at back that. Here. He didn't know that. Yeah.
1: And the next phone call I made was to a, uh, a, another Marine who had gotten out and was serving as a police officer. <laughs> and uh, I said, Greg, I said, Would you do me a favor, put your police uniform on and come down in front of my door. And just stand out there. You don't have to do anything. He said, I don't know what you're up to, Menard, but yeah, I'll be there. So Ooh, he shows yeah. up. Kid comes in, police officer and cruiser sitting out front. And I simply said, uh, so the officer out front is waiting for you, dependent upon the answer that you give me to this question. Right. And I simply asked him if he took the wallet. This was a big, he was an African-American, big guy, big, football big dude, player. Yeah, you know, big football dude, player. Yep. And uh, he kind of looked at me and he admitted that he had taken my wallet. Okay. And I said, okay, well, wherever it is, I needed to get it back. And yeah. Apparently, you had taken it upstairs. Your ID, emptied all that the wallet out, and threw the wallet in the garbage. So he got it Fuck. out and brought it back to me. And he wasn't scheduled to leave for boot camp for another three or four months. Right. Uh, until that day, I said, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to leave for recruit training tomorrow. Yeah. So go home and tell your mom. Yep. And uh, and he did. Yep. And he did ship off to boot camp. Yep. Of course, I called the platoon that he was assigned to and spoke to his drill instructors right. and told them the story. And yep. that he was a good guy, but you know, he should deserve a little bit of special attention. Special attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came back from three months later from recruit training, honor grad. Hell yeah. Number one in his platoon. Yep. Gave me a hug like I was his dad and there were tears in his eyes shit you know it's that kind of stuff yeah that, uh, yeah that that makes you feel i just got goosebumps yeah that's why you're just telling the story
0: you yeah no i, I feel that and as you were thinking you know, as i was hearing you talk about moving up his ship date man he's obviously not in a good place <laughs> if he's on. taking wallets he's a fuck up and at that you know as many of us are in the Marines. so if he didn't get down there to train and get start getting squared away he could have actually had a police car in front of his house sure. ready to take
1: him. So honestly, you probably, it sounds like he,
0: he got it. You like saved his life essentially. Well, and that's
1: where you, you start to, and that's what I meant when, you know, now, yeah. later in life, I'm, I've now been retired as long as I was in and uh, I look back at all the lives that I had touched and it's not like I did this fantastic thing, right? but uh, you know, thank you Facebook because I think it was about 2008, I got a message from a mom. Huh? And it's all the message says was, is this the same Frank Menard that was a recruiter in
0: such and such? Yeah. yeah.
1: And um, I didn't know if I should answer it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You never know. You it's never know. Like, uh, who was the one that blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, ah, do, I, yeah. do I Roger up to that? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, but you I, stay I, I, I admitted to her, Yep. That was me. Yep. And uh, she relayed a message to me via Facebook. She said, Hey, I remember the night that you were sitting at our kitchen table and you told us that if we gave you our son, you would send back a man. You did.
0: Hell yeah. And that was cool. That's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of stories like that. It's pretty cool.
0: So just, I I can see, you know, you know, for other people, it's it's interesting. It's like such a difference because, you know, a lot of us, Maria, it's all about taking lives. It's all about- you know, crushing the enemy. So you had this, this cool thing where you're part of the group and part of the team, but at the same time, you get to have these powerful experiences changing people's lives. that's, yeah. that's legit.
1: Yeah, it was cool. And it set me up, you know, that whole person, that whole process set me up yeah. uh, to be able to make a really good life for myself. And uh, I still love the core. If yeah. they call me tomorrow, I, I really would go back. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: Okay, I don't yeah. know if my score would be on the PFT. I, uh, I'm not sure I'd get, be as good as I used to be. Get cranking on that. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, talk about that. So you, what? when did you get out? See, I mean, but you got promoted a whole bunch. What did yeah, you I got re- out,
1: you were- um, I retired as a master sergeant, which is an E8, geez. which is uh, one rank down from the top rank as an enlisted person, right. which you could be. And uh, I retired in uh, 1996, June of
0: 1996. Was it, there's some sort of like, Package to get out, kind of thing, or you could keep going. Or was I, I could have like, kept going. You know, I
1: had I had served twenty two years. Yeah, uh, I was now at Headquarters Marine Corps, which was the highest place I. Down could in D.C. Uh, yeah, in Washington D.C. Oh, D.C. Uh, just okay. above the wow. Pentagon. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, in fact, the uh, it used to be an old hospital. Headquarters Marine Corps was in this old hospital. Of course, we just from, take yeah. everyone's hand me downs. Yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's now down, and they tore it down. They they re- of course they did refitted that whole area. <laughs> But, uh, Marine Corps buildings are like the, the you know, it, you know, the army, the Marines of their have their left, we have to take this out. Yeah. 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 If it's not good enough for
0: Marines. And that's right. Probably defunct. Yeah, okay. But, so, uh,
1: so I retired from there and honestly, I, uh, 22 years in and I was getting ready for transfer. So it was a three year tour. Mm-hmm. And if I went back to recruiting, uh, as a recruiter, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually going to step down in position. Really? Well, I was going to be a recruiter instructor for a local recruiting station. Or something. And remember I was training Marines all over the country, right. you know, so I decided that age uh, to I think I was 38, 39 years old oh, at that oh, point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at, uh, I'd rather retire at 40. Right. And start a second career. Right. Instead of going another 10 and trying to start over again at 50. So right. yeah, So yeah, I, yeah, we yeah. chose, when well, Carol and I, we chose that it was a good time to move and we came right back here to New Hampshire. With uh, with a ten-year-old and an eight-year-old. Okay, so
0: you had kids, and, and so two kids, yeah. Um, but you get the retirement, you got that that pension coming in, and then it's time to reinvent yourself.
1: Yeah. So I came back and sold cars.
0: So yeah, tell me about this. So you you know, because this is really the challenge for a lot of Marines, right? You're in, you're kicking ass, you you know the deal, you know the ecosystem, yeah, and you had certainly figured it out by that point, yeah. And you get into civilian life and it's all
1: nasty. It's, it's all different. It's all different. I remember uh, I, I had no intent to sell cars. Okay. I came back here. I was going to be a headhunter, a recruiter. Might as well. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember speaking with a, uh, a headhunter, talking about becoming a headhunter. And he laughed at me when I told him, he said, so what's your experience in sales and recruiting? And I told him, well, I was a Marine recruiter for 19 years.
0: Was the answer actually like, bitch, please? Like, I got this? Yeah. Is this in yeah, spades you Were know, are you humble yeah, about yeah. it? Like, no,
1: I was humble about it. I said, look, I said, I was a recruiter for 19 years. And, yeah. and he laughed because he said, what's that got to do with recruiting? They just walked in the door and joined, right? Idiot. Yeah. So, so I, I had to find my wife and children were still in Virginia. They were packing up my to geez. come back up here. And uh, I said, well, look, I always used to tell my recruiter students that if you learn the skills that we teach you at recruiter school, you'll never be unemployed. Right. Right. So I, uh, so I can sell cars. Sure. So I just need to find a job to pay for the rent and get the family resettled. Get the family uh, settled. Yeah. So I went uh, locally. McMulkin Chevrolet was the first place I went to sell cars. But the, the headhunters were
0: idiots, and they didn't. They didn't want. Okay. They didn't want to so give me like, a shot. So screw you guys. Yeah. I'm sell cars. Okay. Yeah. You know, I just bought a car last. Um, got Tina a new car uh, last weekend. Oh. I should have called you. I didn't realize. This. Yeah. So, okay. So <laughs> what was that like going from you know being all squared away, high and tight to,
1: I guess you were kind of always in that civilian world anyways as
0: a recruiter, but now you're selling cars.
1: Yeah. You know, it was different. Yeah. You know, I don't know what our audience thinks about car salesmen, but it certainly wasn't the same respect I got as a Marine. Yeah. Yo, you know, good so, point, man. So it was different. Good and, point. Uh, By this course, point,
0: you were getting respect, like- what year did you get out 1996 96 so were people were you getting getting the love
1: like a veteran love or it was whatnot? much better it much was better. much better yeah, yeah, no than, eggs than, and shit exactly it was much better yeah okay so um so um, yeah. i'm uh, i'm at mcmulcan Chevrolet. okay and um uh, they won't mind it. They had a nickname. It was called the house of pain. The house. of <laughs> <God>. <laughs> So well, I mean, you know, a car sales job is a car sales job. Stop, and it's man, tough. It's and grind. When I reported on duty, I actually responded to an ad in the paper looking for an executive salesman. So Exa- Ooh, uh, yeah, executive. Nice. salesman. I thought that sounded good. Oh, sounds nice. So I went down and I interviewed and um, they hired me and it was, uh, it was winter. It was January. And uh, they handed me my executive snow broom. <laughs> so uh that was, that was that was so we could brush the snow brush off the, the snow cars off the right cars. and so, so i did that for a little bit at McMulkin, and yep. then i uh, i decided to make a move to Dobles chevrolet up in manchester which is now Cork, huh. and uh was fortunate enough to work for uh, the owner uh, his name he's he's since passed but his name was mr monty mr monty and probably one of the nicest guys i've ever met uh navy guy oh okay and um He gave me an opportunity, and uh, I remember going back. It was lunchtime. I had clients in the uh, the showroom waiting to pick up their vehicle, and I went back to the recon department to see if it was ready, and everybody was sitting around having lunch. And I said, I've got a client waiting. That car was supposed to be ready by noon. Yeah, we'll get to it. So this is where the difference is, right? Marines, nasty, yeah. Marines just do what they do get and get it, right it done. Right, freaking now, just get it done. So yeah. uh, I unfortunately had not learned any business <laughs> management skills at that point, point. Yeah. and I proceeded to take the recon guy and kind of press him up against the wall and said, "My client's waiting for the car." Uh, shortly thereafter, I was in. I was brought into Mr. Monty's office. Okay. And he just sent. Uh, he said. He said, "Menard." you can't do that you can't do that <laughs> and so so he was cool about it and we got it all done but you know that was my transition into the civilian community was to realize that uh oftentimes they don't uh take the word mission
0: uh yeah. in the same
1: same way we do yeah yeah that's
0: t- that's tough that's tough i it's one of the things that it's good to
1: it's good to kind of bring that up and cuz
0: that's that's some of the challenges that you have you know you can't just go all hardcore on people Right. Um, first of all, especially if you're in a management or you're a leader because sure. it's a different kind of leading. That's right. It's they they can leave, they can quit. Yep. They don't have to do anything. They can you sue you. You can they
1: can sue you. <laughs> you
0: I mean, they could press charges for picking
1: you up and throwing you against yeah, the wall or yeah, I don't understand. Pushing you against the wall. Just a um, little little gentle love. So that sounds tough. Yeah. So that it was. Tough. So anyway, I stayed uh, I stayed in the car business which was supposed to be a temporary job, uh, for about six years. And uh, in the meantime, my wife went back to her career. She was a real estate agent back in 1982. Okay. So we were back here and yeah. she was going to college and she was selling real estate. So she, uh, if the kids were old enough that they were going to school most of the day, so she got back into real estate. Yeah. And I suddenly noticed that she was making some great income <laughs> while I was brushing snow off cars. You brush yourself off cars. Yeah. yeah nasty,
0: yeah. nasty, reeking you yeah. guys in there, yeah, not getting yeah. the cars ready. And so, like,
1: so I kind of looked in the mirror and said, is this what you signed up for? And so I got my real estate license in 2001 cool. and my wife and I joined forces uh, at a local real estate company back then called DeWolf, huh, okay. yeah, uh, I which it had science. since been bought out uh, by Caldwell Banker, I believe. Okay. And uh, we uh, served another 10 years. There we go. I served, right? Served. served yeah. I served, yeah. served another 10 years at a uh, great company here locally, Remax Properties. Right. And uh, then I want to say it was right after the crash. So 2006-ish. Okay. Uh, Carol and I decided to become independent brokers. Right. Now, we
0: met um, before that, right? Yeah, we met Remax. I was at REMAX. Yeah. REMAX. And so, yeah, how we got connected was um, uh, Tina and I were looking for our first house. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, I don't know how I found you. You were at the front desk.
1: I remember. Front desk, okay. You we were at the front desk. You of strolled into was, the REMAX? Yeah, uh, like, like young sheep? Yeah, yeah. You walked in. Okay. And uh, I think you were talking to uh, to the receptionist and I happened, happened to come around. I don't remember if I was the up agent at that time or whatever, but I uh, I greeted you guys and said, how can I help you? And uh, that's how it all started. I remember taking you out and showing you properties. And- yeah. At some point though, it was like finding out
0: that you were- Marines. Marines. You are a we're, Marine yeah, too. We Marines, yeah. And they were like, Oh man, and I think that's, that's a strength. I think we overlook is that finding out the other person's a Marine, it kind of just changes the whole conversation. Absolutely. You know? So we were definitely nervous because it's like first house, yep. you know, um, and we had actually worked with another realtor prior to that. who was trying to throw us into some weird house condo thing. Yeah. And you could tell, nah, you know, everyone's I don't know, good person, bad person, but it was just different, you know?
1: You know, and this is where I think the skills that I learned in the Marines as a recruiter really molded how I was going to sell real estate. Um, it's never been really about the money. Okay. In my mind, there's two ways that you can sell anything. Yeah. It's either transactional or it's relational. Mm. And so transactional is, I sold it, done, see you later. See ya. Uh, You know, don't call me if you need any help. Right. And I'll tell you a story about the car business in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But uh, or it's relational, where I mean, God, Casey, how long have we known each other now? Long, too long. Yeah, it's been long. twelve years. Um, two thousand five, six. Two thousand five or six. So it's almost twelve. It was like years. the last year, the house yeah. credit. Thirteen years my math is getting better. 13 years. 13 man. That's years. Long time. Cheers. And, uh, and, you know, we're still here and yeah. we're still talking to each other and you're still in the same and house yeah. I sold you actually. There we are. Yeah, you yeah, are. We are. And, uh, you know, so, so it's that relational thing where, okay, yeah, we sold you the house. I got a great check, but I'm still there if you need me. And we've had a couple of vacations over the years where you've called and asked for some advice and stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm still there. And so there were a lot of real estate agents that worked that way. Unfortunately, like any industry, there are people who are transactional, right? And they are not really too concerned about the relationship, right? And I, I think people perceive that too. Yeah.
0: People perceive if you're just out there to get that sale. Um, that was that's always my chief complaint with realtors is I, I, I would perceive the transactional realtor, you, you could just tell like it seeps through them, um, just this ugh, like an ooze. You could tell they just and I was sort of like thinking about my thinking. I'm like, man, these people just want me to buy anything, not even the right house for us. Yeah, my kids them. gotta eat. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you can't blame them in that regard. But half the the battle of what I wanted a realtor for, because at that point, there's websites and stuff. Yep, yep. was uh, what do I not know? You right. know, what do right. I not know about buying a house? what do I not know? Everything. I don't know anything. (laughs) hiding out at that point. So you know, when you coming along, it's like Marine, I I just kind of knew, okay, you're going to kind of give me the the scoop, the behind the scenes scoop on this is how this actually works. Um, And we had a hell of a time. We'll talk about the fun negotiations we had with the realtor, but tell me the car story. What was the Um, transactional? So, yeah. So,
1: so the car story was, uh, I remember sitting at the at my desk now. We are when you're in an automotive dealership, you got to be watching the door and watching the lot. So if somebody comes on the lot, even though they might just be shopping, you know, go get them. You got to go. Yeah, yeah. Don't let them off yeah. the lot. And I was in my cubicle. I was actually uh, making phone calls to my to my clients, and Mr. Monty. Came up yeah. to me one day. He said, what are you doing? He said, you're supposed to be watching the floor. Yeah. I said, well, I'm calling clients I delivered cars to a couple of weeks ago just to make sure everything's okay. Make sure they're good. And he said, well, okay, but what happens if it's not okay? I said, well, then I get to be a hero. I can maybe try it. to help him fix the problem, right?
0: Freaking fix it at that point. <laughs>
1: and he says, well, what happens if you can't fix the problem? And I remember it like it was yesterday. I said, well, then that's your problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was the owner. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he yeah, chuckled. Yeah. You know, he kind of walked away and did yeah, his thing. Yeah, yeah. But it, that following Saturday... He caught me at the postage machine and I was running these notes and letters through the machine. He said, What are you doing? I said, Well, I'm sending personal notes to my past clients. Said, really? So who's paying for that? I said, You are. <laughs> and, and I got another little chuckle. Out of yeah, me. yeah, yeah. But you know, those were the things that I learned. As a recruiter, because I stayed in touch with most of the kids that I put in. Right. In one, in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, I was going to say, no one taught you that in car sales, right? No, no. No one even does that anymore. Nobody, nobody does sad. that. Yeah, it's sad. You know, uh, but, I, but the, the people I coach and train do, because that's what I teach them, it's old school. And, mm-hmm. you know, writing the notes. Just, it's just a matter of letting people know, hey, I'm still here. I still care. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite mottos is I actually give a shit. Right, and I think that that's a differential for me, yeah, know, and a lot of other agents that that I know that I've trained, and uh, there are a lot of good ones out there, so just go find a good one if you need a referral. I can connect you <laughs> right, so <laughs> you know giving a
0: shit, and I think um you know in the Marines, you know, kind of the joke is that like we don't give a shit, but actually the bar is so high of how much shit we give, oh, yeah that we can not give a shit, and it's still way higher than you know, the civilians you're bumping into. Yeah, yeah. And not everybody. I mean, some of us like the coast, um, but still coasting, but still giving a shit when it really comes down to it. When really it really counts. When it really yeah. counts. Yeah.
1: So one thing I know for sure, and you alluded to this earlier, Casey, you know, it's a bond of Marines, right? Yeah, yeah, When yeah. you get a couple of Marines together, it can get pretty heady. Yeah. And we're usually busting each other's chops. And in fact, I got a buddy of mine down in, uh, down in Florida because we live down there now. And uh, Louis uh, just turned 80. Okay. Uh, he was in boot camp in 1953. Damn, and, um, he, uh, he came golfing with me. The first time I went golfing was when two of my Marine buddies were coming down for a golf trip. Wow. And so he had never met these guys. He and I had just met, you know, a week or two earlier and, uh, he didn't stop laughing for 18 holes. <laughs> he said, you guys really lay into each other from like the start to the finish. Yeah. Uh, and just to give you a little bit of uh, a vision of what this is. So those two guys, they're both named Mike. Okay. I like to say I keep my friends nice and neat and clean. They're either right. Mike and Mike, you know. Can't so forget their name. Yeah, it's easier that way. way. Yeah. And uh one of them I sent to boot camp in 1978 and the other one I sent to boot camp in 1984. Jeez. And we just came back from our 16th annual golf trip. Wow. The we the three of us have gone every year for 16 years. Now, you, now I, this is the one where you go down to Paris Island, right? Uh now we go to Paris Island. Okay. The First 11 we went to uh we went to Camp Lejeune. Okay. And then we switched. You know, we weren't feeling the love at Lejeune uh, with the golf pro. They had changed hands and all that mm. good stuff. And so we started going home to Paris Island. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. That yeah, is cool. cool. You know, so
0: tell me about that. So I didn't
1: even know there was a golf course yeah, on Island. Yeah, there is Paris a golf Island. course on <laughs> Paris Island. Um, you know,
0: the whole, you know, your head down on the bus thing. It's funny mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that because, um, you know, graduation happens and your parents are there. And, and I remember, you know, walking around showing them some of the you know, some of the the o, the o course and different things around the area that i did been training, but I'd never been to the larger base. So even when it was time to get, get out of there, you know, the, they're driving me home after graduation. I don't know how to, I don't know where to tell them to go. Right. You know, they do because they drove in.
1: Right. Um. But well, there's only one way in. There is one only way one off. way and one so. way out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's was interesting about that, so Louie, uh, on our, not this past golf trip, but the previous year. We were on the uh, the tenth tea box. And um you know how they not don't be, not tea bag, tea, no box? tea box? Okay. And uh, you know, Louis nature was calling, so Louis had to pee. Yeah. And so he went off into the the, the woods to, to relieve himself. <laughs> Naturally. And uh Uncle Sam's <clears throat> latrine. All of a sudden I start noticing little helmets popping up. <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought it was funny enough that there's recruits training right over there while right we're playing there. golf. Uh, but as it turns out, it was a, uh, a, a platoon of women Marines, so female Marines. Okay. I said, "Louis, I said, you might want to stop whatever you're doing. And he had no idea what was going on. Right. And we were just joking about this last trip. We went back in March. And uh, I said, Louie, make sure you check for helmets before you go pee in the woods. Yeah, check for helmets. <laughs>
0: that, that, they, they should have, um, you know, those, uh, they should have signs like that on the golf course in that, you know, the beautiful red with the yellow <laughs> yeah, stencil, scarlet and gold, scarlet and gold yeah. with the stenciled, um, you know, the tips they have for Marines, the dumb, <laughs> you know, built for Marine, yeah. uh, you know, wear seatbelts and watch for helmets before. Peeing sure. In the woods. Don't be here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: you know, for me, I hadn't gone back until I think it was two years ago. Um, had a chance to do a triathlon on Paris Island. I just thought I got into tries, and yep. um, what's what's cool about it. I think people appreciate this, and often why a lot of you know vets get into like CrossFit because it just reminds you of getting broken down yeah. in the Marine Corps. Just just the workouts where you're like as soon as you're exhausted, now you just started. That's right. You know, and so um, CrossFit or whatever it is for me it was tries doing some of those.
1: And yep. For me, it was marathons.
0: For you, it was marathons.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I ran my first marathon in San Diego. I ran my second one in Richmond. And then I ran three Marine Corps marathons.
0: Yeah. You know, so we were chatting with another Marine. You mentioned you know, just bumping into Marines. So before we get started here, we're talking to uh, Rhino from downstairs. Rhino. I never we're met him before. Talk about a Marine name. Talking, Rhino. Talk about, yeah, you're in a cigar shop in Nashua. Shout yep. out to Castro's with the yep. amazing backdrop here. Yep. Um, but we were chatting with him and he was a,
1: he was a bodybuilder. Apparently no, so he was you. a He was a powerlifter. Powerlifter. He was a power Powerlifter. Power lifter. Okay. And, and I had had some experience with pressing heavy metal, so to speak. Uh, but I did actually uh, compete in a bodybuilding competition at age 48. Hell yeah. yeah. How'd you do? Um, I did. <laughs> yeah, less wings. <laughs> I didn't time. place, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was interesting. It was an experience and uh, one that if you haven't done it, I, I would say go ahead and give it a shot. Nothing like getting up on stage in a uh, banana hammock. Did you have to get all oiled <laughs> up and shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all, all oiled. Shop. Yeah, that was kind of a strange thing, too. It was like when a red and gold banana hammock? And stuff. Yeah. Actually, it was blue. USMC, yeah, yeah. vertical on yeah. the. Yeah. My, my wife actually hit it on me. I think she threw it away. She did? She, yeah, she wasn't thrilled of me you being on stage. You didn't stage. Come, t- come to the taping here and <laughs> wear that? No? no. Well, I might have it
0: on. You just have enough. It it's funny, right? It's a new skivvy. Kind of like your green skivvies. It's green skivvies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> with, the, with the skid marks. Yeah. So, it, yeah. But you you were sharing earlier, and this is kind of interesting. I didn't know this about you. So powerlifting and having a rhino and apparently with you that, you know, there's that weight standard. But if you got legit muscle, then you're way above standard at that point.
1: Yeah. And there was a, there was a point in time where uh, the Marine Corps were very strict about their weight standards. And uh, I guess it was about the 1980s. Where they started to realize that you know those Marines who were into heavy lifting or yeah. bodybuilding and stuff that muscle weighs more than fat, right? And uh, I was given my maximum weight was 170 pounds according to the standard, right? Uh, but the Marine Corps actually allowed me a alternate weight of 195 because I was powerlifting at that point. Because you're jacked. Yeah, yeah, you're jacked. Yeah, it was good stuff. That Thirty good inch waist, six percent body fat. Oh, well, by the way, you're overweight, Marine. Right, yeah, that didn't go over well, so, no. that was cool. jeez,
0: yeah. jeez, the games we play, man, yep, so um okay, so that's how you got it to real estate. That's real interesting because I, I had no idea we didn't really talk about it, and uh, mm-hmm. so you got into real estate, I could see you just you know crushing the car sales, but at least with the real estate, it was paying off because you know you're giving a shit, actually caring about the people, not being transactional, and so you just grew this I don't is it a practice and you grew this business.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you grow the business one person at a time, and uh, yeah. you know, I was fortunate. You know, I had had a sales background, so my first year in real estate, uh, I had sold, I want to say, fifteen or sixteen homes, which was unusual. I mean, the uh, is that a lot? It, it is a lot. There's a lot of agents that are out there don't sell that amount of homes. Uh, most agents uh, average less than twelve a year. Uh, you've got some powerhouses that are out there doing the deal. And it's the old Pareto principle, you know, 20% of the agents generate 80% of the business. And so I got a pretty good start. And of course, it was a good market. It was 2001. The bubble was being created. And and I remember in 2005, uh, we were uh, were still working at Remax at that time. And um, all of a sudden, it was like somebody flipped a switch in 2006, uh, and yeah. uh, the market had cra- was starting to crash. Okay. Uh, I had two kids in college, two mortgage Jeez. payments, two car payments, Jeez. and uh, during the first quarter of 2006, my wife and I had sold one house. Really? So yeah, commission was about $5,000. Uh, that wasn't going to feed that machine I just talked about. No. So I went to my broker, and he said I probably needed professional help. I thought he meant I needed a psychiatrist. Well, that was
0: probably accurate too. Yeah, that too. probably was accurate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but what he meant was I needed a coach. Huh. So I went downstairs from his office and got on the phone and I hired a real estate coach Okay. Uh, to the tune of $500 a month for one-to-one coaching. And, um, and... That was a lot of money for you if you're only selling one house. I didn't have any money. And yeah, in, no money. In fact, Carol was very upset with me because I was spending money we didn't have, which meant it was going on a credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that decision in the six months the following six months, uh we earned uh six figures, hundred thousand dollars in net commissions. In six months. And the market's crashing by the way.
0: The market's crashing yep. and you're crushing it. And crushing it. Six figures in six months. That's pretty legit. And
1: what was really cool about it the next six months, so now we're talking twelve months. Yeah. In the worst real estate market in history. And uh we earned two hundred thousand dollars in net commissions. Hell yeah. And so what was what was really cool about it, I was only doing three things. Okay, I was calling my database to check in. Yep. I was writing handwritten personal notes. And I would visit my clients maybe once a quarter. Just oh, to stop cool. in and say hello. Yeah, little yeah, gift yeah. to say, hey, yeah, we yeah. appreciate I'm, you, right? You gave us something. I don't even remember. The, the... I don't remember what I gave you. I, I know the last time I stopped by your house, you weren't there, and I dropped off a coffee cup and some freshly ground coffee. coffee That's right. coffee uh, from, that. from one of my great connections here, King David Coffee. Can I put that out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah King, David coffee, King David Coffee, a local yeah. uh, coffee roaster. Uh, Sam Brest is the owner and, uh, he put together some great packages. I came up here for a week from Florida cause I still do it. Right. right. And, uh, I was visiting all my past clients and my best clients and delivering coffee
0: grounds. So you were calling your database, you're writing handwritten notes and you're visiting people
1: can't get more old school than that, can you?
0: Yeah. Old school of basic too, right? Yeah. And like, you know, caveman basic or,
1: yeah. you know, grunt basic. Right? Oh, so we're back to the hammer and the chisel again, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as the hammer and chisel is hammer That's and it. sickle. You That's know? right, hammer and sickle. Yeah. Uh, but you know what's interesting is um, I've have followed that same process since uh-huh. 2006. So it's been 13 years. Uh, Carol and I have lived in Florida for four years, okay. which means we're not here. Right. Uh, and we've sold over 150 homes here in New Hampshire. Wow! Just by maintaining that connection. So you have really got that
0: figured out. It, tell me about that transition because it sounds like you really did find that success. You know, if you were to tell, you know, you know, Frank just got out of the Marine Corps. Like, what kind of advice would you get? Would you give yourself as you just got out, knowing you know where you got now and you found you found your sweet spot and all that.
1: Well, you know, I think first of all, you got to find something that you enjoy. Right. And for me, it wasn't real estate that I enjoyed. It was the people that I enjoyed. Right. right? So my advice to any Marine coming out, regardless of what you've experienced as a Marine, right. uh, remember that we don't quit. And uh, I think that's, that's one of my models is never, ever, ever quit. Right. And uh, there's been some tough times and there's, uh, there's been some great times. And at the end of the day, if you just stay focused on the process, you know, taking care of people, I think it was Zig Ziglar Hmm. that shared, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll have everything you want. Yeah. And that's a philosophy that I've lived by pretty much ever since I got out of the Marine Corps. Right.
0: And, And so the advice was like,
1: stick to what you enjoy. Stick to it. Find what you enjoy. Find what S- you enjoy. Stick to it. Stick to it. Uh, do the best you can, and of course, right. as Marines, we're taught to do the very best we can. The bar is high. The bar is high. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean we don't drift. Doesn't mean we don't do some silly things. Absolutely. Uh, but it does mean that we can uh, we can regroup and uh, do the right things and live a great life. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that you know, that never quit that persistence.
0: That, I don't know what phrase it was, but the idea that um, whether it's just athletics or in life and business, the um, you know, winners do the things that the losers don't want to do, right? So when they're they're at home, checked out, hitting Netflix, you know, the winners, you know, in your case, you're writing the notes. You know, everyone else is eating pizza at the dealership. You're friggin' making notes and just visiting and and doing those those extra things that you know that everyone else
1: wasn't. Didn't want to do. Didn't put the work in. Well, know? yeah. I think uh, the saying I remember is that um, the difference between successful people and not successful people are not successful people don't do the things that they don't like to do. Okay. And successful people dislike those same things, but they do them anyway. Do them anyways. Yeah. Right. And and so uh, and that can go. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a marine, if you're in sales, or whatever type of business you're in. Yeah. You know, it's it's called the grind. And, uh, yeah. you know, the monotony of success is doing the very simple things uh, that can carry you through to whatever success you want. And keep in mind, the definition of success is defined by the person, not okay. by somebody
0: else. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right. you need to actually define, make your own definition of what that success looks like. Right. right. Um, yeah. And not let anyone else tell you what that is. Yeah. Look at you. You're doing podcasts now. Podcasts. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. This is fun. It's yeah, your point. Just do what you enjoy, right? That's right. And you have fun at it. Hell Yeah hell yeah, it's my jam man i uh enjoy the hell of me cigar marines C- water yeah. Wait, man i don't think water water was- nah water, was it mojo <laughs> you some- mojo nah, this-, this thing would i would i would be the first one i'm sure you would drink me under man, but i would be uh yeah, it'd be a different kind of podcast. Um, for <laughs> we, sure, we'd be
1: on the floor by now. I mean
0: that's the after party. Yes, you know it's and, and to get that video, you got to type in a password because uh, we don't we can't put that. We'll put that on some other at platform. You right. know the craziness right. that ensues. Absolutely. Um, but, okay, so that's that's cool. So you know, people getting out, uh, you've got some real advantages in the Marines. You know that 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 uh, you may not even realize because you're so in it. You know, yeah. you're so and, in it, you don't even realize that actually, you've got a standard way above everyone else. Like when I see some nasty army dude walk by, you know, hands in his pocket, talking on his cell phone, joking, you know, smoking and joking kind of thing. Not not like, wearing his cover. Not stuff. wearing his cover. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah. You know, and um, you think, what is that? Is that just some brainwashing we had? But no, it's just we just have a different standard, man.
1: Yeah. Some great yeah. habits were created, and you know, yeah. um, we, we're throwing around throwing around a lot of quotes. Quotes. You know, but uh, shit. there's one I actually have on my keys—a uh, uh, set of dog tags, and on those dog tags it says, "People don't get to choose their destination; they get to choose their habits, and their habits determine their destiny." Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. So you know, what are the habits that you do? You know, I, I still walk four a little over four miles every morning. I'm not as much a runner as I used to be. Yeah, four I'm getting miles. Getting up there right. in age, but I do four miles every day. I do 150 push-ups every day. You know, and it's it's those simple things done once, they don't make a big deal. Yeah. But when you do it consistently over time, it pays,
0: you know, I I think there's something to be said for, you know, I can't go so deep into the science on it, but just, uh, you know, working out whatever it is that gets you to, to really sweat it out, you know, and some people it's yoga, I found that, you know, I was doing a bunch of yoga and then like, hey, congratulations! You just spent an hour and you, you know, you burned thirty-five calories. I'm like, damn it! But you know, I'd go out for. So uh, then you
1: graduated to hot yoga. Uh, no, no, no. So,
0: so uh, last month I got in this habit of just running a mile a day. Yep. You know, yep. and um, you know, rain or shine, um, how I felt good, felt bad. You could run more than that, but just mm-hmm. just enough because I found with just even like two minutes of doing a little run, and I'm sweating like a hog, and but you get back and you feel so good. Yep. So it's almost like that fitness you know that we had just sort of i don't know forced upon us in the marine corps um not losing sight of that you know right. because there's some there's that benefit to just you know getting those yeah you, know, you finish a workout I mean, it could be crossfit it could be just you know you building a bench Whatever. out of lumber yep. I, like you had you know so those kind of things and and you get those you get that feeling you get to get rid of all that anxiety and all that blah
1: you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And actually it's brought me to what I do today. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm still a real estate broker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what you're up to well, now. I've built a, uh, I'm building a global agent referral network. So basically, uh, if you wanted to move anywhere in the world, through the networks that I've built over the last 20 years, I'm able to vet out the agent in the geographic area that you're going to and make that connection for you. Right. So you don't have to worry if you're getting a relational agent or a agent. Yeah. Okay. So so that's part of what I do. Uh, We still sell real estate obviously. And, uh, and I'm also a business coach in Florida. Oh, cool. And so, it's just taking the basic fundamentals that we talked about that got me through the worst real estate market in history right. and teaching that to uh, business owners of all types yeah. uh, to, to build a foundation that their business can grow on. Right, so, right. So, that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. Shit, shit. Tell me about the, the fleece. You got um, yeah. Building oh, Dreams? Yeah, we got, uh, so I was introduced to Building Dreams for Marines here locally. It's a local organization. Cool. Started by a civilian, as luck would have it. Uh, who had a lot of respect for Marines Cool. and basically they are a, uh, a nonprofit organization that uh, refits uh, homes for those Marines that are disabled and maybe can't maneuver like mm. around the kitchen and then the bathrooms and right. that kind of stuff. Uh, and it was I was on the board of that organization for, for a year or so uh, before we decided to move down to Florida. Uh, they're still around, they're still in existence, and they're still helping fellow Marines. And it's only Marines, and to the best of my knowledge right now, it's only in in New Hampshire. Okay, so only in really, New Hampshire. It's thing? really pretty cool. Okay, really so cool. Building Dreams for Marines, look them up. They could use your help. Yeah,
0: you Google that. Yeah. You know, and I think contribution, you know, um, helping other people sometimes, the your best thing, I remember like long humps and whatnot and training. Um, when you're about ready to break yourself, instead of focusing on the pain that you have, you focus on the pain of other people yeah and that kind of distracts you it's like a mental game or something instead of thinking about how shitty my setup is i'm like let me help this other guy let me just spend a little bit of my energy i remember doing this on the on the the run of the try too like i'm i'm running i and i'm passing there's a loop so i'm seeing people that are going to be doing what i just did and i'm just like you got this man or or um yeah almost there or you know you know, you know, kick it up or suck it up, Buttercup. Uh, suck it up. You know, actually Marine <laughs> Corps um, triathlon uh, was on the bike. Some dude passed me, and he was like, "You need to pick it up. Like you're going slow or something." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So yeah, you know, would, however however it happens, just spending a little bit of time. Of course, I then passed him on the run. I was like, "Hey man, you got to pick this thing up." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, a little return busted. Yeah, a little return, yeah. return. But yeah, but thinking about the other person. Um, come, come to find out a uh, quick tangent. There was a dude that, um, did at the Marine Corps triathlon Paris Island. He did the whole try boots and utes. Wow. So he'd swam the 700 yards. He biked the 10, 12 miles then ran a 5k all in, all in, all in um, all in gear, boots all in gear, utes. man and uh yeah the swim shit like
1: swimming <laughs> how do you out, swim with boots on swim claw
0: man exactly. oh god he, and and there he is on a bike just like pedaling with his feet out to the side because he got these big baggy pants on and <laughs> and then crushing the run out yeah. um so he was an inspiration but yeah focusing on other people so i could see the, the dreams for marines yeah um what about the marine network didn't i think somehow we got connected
1: yeah we uh i when i was here in uh in nashua uh, as a realtor I uh, started the um, New Hampshire Business Networking Group. okay, uh, And it's actually a group. It's a national group. It's the uh, National Marine Corps Business Network. Business and Network. so that was kind okay. of an affiliation of that. Okay. And uh, essentially, I mean, the bottom line is there is a brotherhood uh, within the Marine Corps. And I'm sure it is in other services as well. But and, no, honestly, maybe. I've never seen it to that degree. Yeah, I haven't either. You know, we just met Rhino. True, And we, we met him, shook hands, and all of a sudden we were shooting the we're shit like guys. we'd known each other forever. Yeah, if we see right? him downstairs, we'll be like, hey, man, what's up? And uh, I can't think of any time when I've seen a fellow Marine, whether it's a baseball cap they're wearing or a vest or, yeah. or a tattoo, for that matter. Yep. You know, you walk up and say, Semper Fi, Marine, and you're at risk of losing an hour of your life because you're going to be reminiscing for an hour. Yeah. And, uh, that's a true brotherhood, and it's something that uh, I am certainly happy that I've been part of. Absolutely, that's a good thing to
0: check out. So that was the um, national. What's it the called? National Marine Corps Business Network. Okay, cool. I think it's important that we utilize these things too. You oh, know, absolutely. Like if you got this advantage, um, you know, whether it's LinkedIn, these other different things you can do to connect with other people who maybe have already, you know, gone through something you've. Not gone through yet. They right. can advise you buying a house, starting a business. I think a lot of Marines are starting businesses. A you know? lot of
1: Marines are starting businesses, and uh, I think there are a lot of uh, local Marines in business who have gone before, as you put it. I call it, you know, follow the tail lights. Somebody yeah. else has gone before you. Yep. And uh, once you make that connection, Marine to Marine, I'm sure those guys would help anybody when it comes to a Marine. Sure. They're going to help uh, that Marine get started. And, and do some great things in their lives as long as they're willing to pay the price. That's cool. Right.
0: Yeah, that's really yeah. cool.
1: I like that. It's good stuff, man. It is good stuff.
0: This is cool. This is cool. Yeah. This is
1: fun. Look at that. 13 years fun. later,
0: now we're doing like a podcast. And stuff. I'm doing a podcast yeah. 13 years later. I mean, it's a, it's a real tribute. So so uh, what, do you, what do you got coming up next?
1: You, you're working on coaching. You're, you're kind of transitioning to you know, doing yeah, more than I'm, this coaching. Uh, I'm a business coach. I actually just, uh, just recently become certified with the John Maxwell team. Uh, those of you who are not familiar with John Maxwell, he's, uh, written about a hundred or so books. He's known as uh, the number one leadership coach in the world. Nice. And I went through a four day process to get certified with them. Uh, I'm also in the process of being certified by a uh, secret organization of business coaches. Uh, it's actually called maps business coaching, uh, which is, uh, Sounds like some
0: Scientology
1: <laughs> shit. Well, if any of you, are fami- <laughs> if any of you are familiar with a company called Keller Williams, Yep, uh, largest real estate company in the world today. Yep. Uh, they, uh, their founder Gary Keller, uh, inside the real estate industry of his business, uh, they have something called Maps Coaching, huh. and that's a coaching organization designed to coach real estate agents. Oh, cool! Uh, oh, Gary's cool. a smart man, and uh, he probably foresees that there are other opportunities, such as business owners. Yep. who today don't have a lot of resources, people they can go to for support, and and help when they need it to get started or to grow their business. So he's starting a uh, an arm called Maps Business Coaching, oh, cool. which has nothing to do with real estate, right? Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, coaching professionals helping business owners get to the goals that they want to achieve.
0: Yeah, and infuse a little Marine Corps mojo into that.
1: I think I'm going to bring some mojo to the next meeting. Yeah, we got to
0: bring some mojo. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, you mentioned Maxwell. I'm mean, a couple books, right? You're in, you got, you got MCIs from Marines and all this BS, but I think, um, you know, we talked earlier about Zig Ziglar,
1: yeah.
0: um, you know, How to
1: win friends and influence people. Great book. Yeah. How to win friends and influence people. So that was, uh, Dale, that was count Carnegie. Oh, that was Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. What was Zig yeah, have Zig? Zig was book uh, a couple of them, you know, see you at the top, which was okay. one, one of the number one okay. sales books back then. See you at the top. Uh, I think the newest books, uh, in, something uh, i think his son just wrote a book tom ziggler he's taken over Zig has passed away uh in it to win it in it to win it yeah, yeah, yeah you know and you know all of these books here it's it's funny and i and i've been reading a lot of this stuff yeah, since, no, I was got, a, since, since i was a, good, a teenager yeah you know? and uh the bottom line is they're, they're all based on foundational principles and although we're sitting here in 2019 and you get all this tech stuff i mean tech. doing a podcast on microphones. A laptop i mean, microphones and stuff yeah, but yeah. you know what um the foundational principles don't change. Interesting. And yeah. so all the shiny objects that can help us do our job more efficiently, better, whatever, uh, you can't eliminate the foundational principles. Right. Because if you do, that business will probably crash on you. Right. And the biggest foundation I think we need to remember is it's all about people. All about people. All about people. Yeah. You know, I, I guess the
0: question that comes to mind too is, you know, for you know, Marines getting out, if they want to try their hand at real estate, you know, any recommendations for them? Any, uh, any pointers? I'll obviously reach out to you afterward, but any, you know, obviously you're a master retailer. Well,
1: uh, they can certainly reach me at the Menard com. Okay. Yeah. That's our website. Links okay. The Menard team.com. The it, Menard. You got to yeah, spell the, this shit. This is the Marine Corps podcast. Menard, M E N A R D.com. The Menard team.com. Okay. And that consists of two Marines, myself and my wife. Right on. Uh, and, uh, we're, we're happy to help any way we can. Um, the, uh, elite is for my business coaching. That's a that'll, sexy address. That'll actually bring you to my Facebook business page. You can find me on Facebook. Yep. Uh, I have three sites, but the one that I like most is my personal site. Yep. And so, uh, Frank Menard on Facebook. You got any photos of you bodybuilding all, all oiled up? I think Carol burned those. You should, you should post those, man. <laughs> post. see what she thinks. Yeah, I'd be in trouble. You already in trouble. I'm already in trouble. You're already in trouble. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, good advice for any, anybody wanting to go into real estate, yeah. but especially for my brother, Marines, brothers and sisters is, uh, stick to the basics and honestly, go find a recruiter because that's where they learn the skills. Yeah. That's where I learned the skills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually, uh, when I was at headquarters Marine Corps, I took part in rewriting the guidebook for recruiters. Huh. I still have a PDF version in my computer. Nice. And it's funny how all those things still work, still even works, in real estate. Huh? Yes, yeah, even works. in real estate. Absolutely. Huh. Sales is sales, Casey. You know sales that. Sales is sales, baby. Marketing guru. Marketing guru. Yeah, yeah. Here <laughs> I am. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hardcore marketing. Yeah, hardcore marketing. Yeah, so, so Casey started a podcast long after we met.
0: True. And it was yep.
1: hardcore marketing. Yep. Uh, I happened to listen to it. And actually, I still listen to it on some of those morning runs. There you go. I don't understand a damn thing you're saying, but I still listen you to go. it. You, know. you get that deep, buttery voice. Salesforce and Pardot. That's right. Right? That's
0: right. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, with, the, with the Salesforce thing, it's interesting. Um, uh, Salesforce, you know, technology, they've got free training and it's this tech that, you know, you just do some free classes. They're kind of like MCIs online that you can... Make a whole career of it. So yeah, there's yeah. so
1: many opportunities out there. You it was know? really cool because what you bring into mind right now is you're saying those words. Uh, are you familiar with Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think you went to one of his events last a year, a didn't couple. you? Right? Yeah. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. So one thing that he, uh, he promotes is Can I. canai. Constant and never ending improvement. Oh, nice. Right? Right. And so uh, if you think about that, you're talking about MCI courses and all that stuff. The Marine Corps wanted us to be strong and fit and all that stuff. They also yeah. wanted us to get smart. Yeah, and part of us being able to get promoted in the core had to do with being a well-rounded individual. That's true. Which included MCI. That's courses, true, right? Yeah, that's true. So it was pretty cool.
0: But once you get out, no one's going to make you do that. So no. You got to kind of. You have to step up. It's a habit. Do that. It's a habit. If you don't have that, you're going to make yourself have that. Habit. That's right. That's,
1: that's cool. Cool. That's
0: cool. Well, this has been great, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's go get some mojo. Let's go. Yeah. Well, there's um, <laughs> there's a sushi place right next door with my ties. So there you go. Yeah. That's close it. enough. Maybe I can um, teach you how to make mojo. Yeah, oh, we, oh, it's dangerous. danger, danger. <laughs> I mean that if if I post this, we're lucky. If you're you listening to this now, it means I've survived the Mojo,
1: and um, we post yeah. this episode. But yeah, thanks absolutely. again for coming out, hey, Casey. Thanks for inviting that's me. This good great stuff. This is great stuff. It's always good to reminisce with a fellow marine. Absolutely, hoorah I, brother,
0: hoorah yeah, absolutely. It's cool. Need some like cool ending where we like high five or something. But Can uh we, we We could, but we would lose all of here fist bump. Okay. <sighs> explode um yeah so i mean that that's it for for this uh this episode but if you're listening to this and you got this far um or maybe you're on that run and you can't stop it because it's yeah because we're just going you're just going then uh, i would say you know uh try to get at least one takeaway from this you know whether it's one of those books to read um or or even just uh you know i don't know just try to either either get one of those books to read or just share this with someone you know yeah it.
1: Sure. can i can i tell you your best book yeah, yeah. It's tell, a great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have about good foundational books. principles. Have good books. So John Maxwell, 15 laws, of, 15 invaluable laws of growth. Of growth? 15 invaluable 15. laws of growth. John talks about the 15 laws to help you grow as a person and as an individual. It's a phenomenal book. Okay. Great book. Amazon? Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. Amazon
0: library, whatever. Yeah, I'm actually
1: going to be doing a, uh, a mastermind uh, via Zoom uh, oh. coming up in, uh, in May. And it's going to be based on those 15 laws, 15 invaluable laws of growth. Shit. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Legit. Absolutely. I'll
0: have to sign up for that. So, cool. Um, get this in someone else's hands. Um, you know, one of the best ways to you know, prevent us from losing Marines for no reason is yeah. just reaching out. And what I hate seeing on Facebook is like, share this post. Suicide is bad. No, no, no. Reach out to your buddies. Say hi or... Tell them to go fuck themselves, but either way, like reach out to your buddies. It's the same thing, hugging, fuck the yourself, It's the same right? thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> Nobody would understand that. Hopefully, oh, no civilians oh, able this that. Only we would far. understand that. Yeah, exactly. yeah, But reach out. Um, you know, maybe share this episode with them or, or I don't know. I'm freaking booked. I don't give a shit, but like that's how we got to do it. It's not. It's not posting bullshit on Facebook. It's actually reaching out and saying hi. So get this in somebody else's hands. And other than that, we'll see you guys all next time. Yeah, go give a shit go give a shit. There you go.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thanks Casey. See you guys.